Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Ponytails Podcast. I'm your host, Andres Gamboa. Thank you for being here. If this is your first episode, welcome. Uh, let me explain a little bit about what we do and who we talk to. Um, our guests are all alumni of an internship that was put on by Southwestern Advantage since 1868. So over 100,000 people have done this program that are still living. And our job is to go find them and talk about what they did and how the experience shaped their life going forward. During the internship, you do it in between the summers of your college years, and you go sell books door to door for 80 hours a week on straight commission, sometimes without a place to live, uh, somewhere across the country. People do this from all over the world and all over the country, going to uh, towns for the first time in the middle of nowhere, even. So hopefully you guys enjoy the stories that come from that. That's sort of the context. If you're listening, there are things in visual cues sometimes that pop up might be worth watching on Spotify or YouTube later on, or if you want to repeat, but either way that you're listening, thank you so much for being here. Um, I just want to give a quick introduction for my guest today, Naomi Kaufman, dear friend of mine. She actually works with us on the show. Uh, she's been on one episode before. We didn't really get into like her experience as much because we were, it was more like a special episode for Halloween. So this is the first time we've had her on from the standpoint of any other client or any other guest that we've had on the show. And so uh, Naomi sold for five summers, was part of the Eagle Blitz organization. She's now working with Cardinals here, Benefits. She sold from 17 to 21. So those were the five summers between 2017 and 2021, uh, which means ooh, part of that COVID pandemic summer. is kind of interesting to hear about that. Um, she went to the university, uh, oh, excuse me, she went to Palm Beach Atlantic University and is originally from Orlando, is what she would call home. Her favorite scroll is I will greet this day with love in my heart, which has been the favorite for the last few people we've had on the air. Number two, I will greet this day with love in my heart. Love it. It's beautiful stuff. When I come back, I'll be in with Naomi. Boom, shakalaka, laka, laka. That was stupid. Boom, I shouldn't have said that. Why not? We like dancing. I don't know. I like, uh, but nobody's going to see. We're just going to see it. Go that check it out. That's very positive. They are going to see it. They're going to watch it on Spotify <laughs> or, and YouTube. Or they can see me dancing at Bizzler. Even better. Uh, that uh, one. You got some moves, Andre. So. It's a good plug. Not fun? <laughs> <laughs> good I'm, plug. I'm no Omar Uribe, but I can get down. I can cut a bit of a rug. Small, small rug, kind of but I can... <laughs> nice, just a little one, or maybe maybe a big rug, but I don't cut it. I just kind of like leave a dent in it. You know what I'm saying? Not quite cut. Either way, come check it out on Bizzler 2023. <laughs> Jamaica. <laughs> oh, that, how how are you? I miss you. I miss your face. I'm good. I miss your face too. I've been hustling and doing a lot of things. Since I live back in Orlando for this calendar year that I'm living here, uh, my family lives here, so they want to hang out all the time, which is, you know, wonderful and great. However, it definitely adds a dent in my schedule. I texted my mom earlier this week. I was like, Mom, I'm literally hanging out with you for 10 hours this week. I know you don't really want me to go to work on Saturday, but I need to hit my stats, and I'm going to go to work on Saturday. We're already hanging out for 10 hours, so, like, we need to take a chill pill. <laughs> But I mean, 10 hours is a lot for anybody. That's what I'm you saying. What I'm but, you know, moms, we love moms. I, moms I are the it. best. So moms are the best. My mom, not, no offense, but my mom is better than your mom. She's cooler. I'm kidding. Mm, I don't know about that. 
mom's my mom can beat your mom up have you have you seen white chicks that movie yeah. <laughs> goes, oh, she wants to talk about mothers. Mothers. That's it. That's it right there. Oh, Your shit. mom well, is let- like so, so, so stupid that she like works out when she could go get liposuction or something. <laughs> <laughs> We're not sponsored by white chicks, but we could be. But we could be. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I miss seeing that kind of stuff. We said it more <laughs> recently, and I really enjoyed it, but. It's such a fun thing to say. It really oh, is. Oh, man. Speaking of sponsors, I'm kidding. No, that's going to pop up later in the episode. Just stick around for those. <laughs> um, anyway, okay, all right. So let's dive in. Uh, actually, yeah, speaking of sponsors, Cardinal Senior Benefits. So you have been working with CBS or CSB. I said that, but I can't spell. It's my second language. Um, CSB um, from Florida. Like- How does that work? How the heck does it? I mean, I thought they were Texas. <laughs> How are you? They are in there? Texas. They are, but they have agents all over the United States. So basically, oh. the just the way it works is you get your license, your insurance license for your state that you work in, and then you just go to work in your state. So, and then like I have my Texas license too because I went and hung out with Ben for a few weeks in Texas, and so I worked over there. So, whatever state you go to, you just have to apply for the license there and pay for it. That's exciting. So, that's yeah. that's fun. So now you can go work wherever in the country, essentially. Just pay the fee and get to work. Yep. Um, as someone that's fairly new, what's it like? I mean, we've talked to people, Greta, Pedro Vega, Nick Dale was the oldest of the oldest that's been on it not from age wise but from he started the company so yeah. like from someone no more new to the perspective how how's it been did you are you are you having a good time has it been hard in some places that you'd expect has it been easy in other places you expect let's cut that on you i don't think i had many expectations i like to kind of like if i'm describing it to friends that sold books before i'm like it's like books except way less hours way more money and it's talking to old people instead of young people with kids. <laughs> so the, the ponies that buy cookbooks. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Except they just also need life insurance, apparently. Yeah. Um, it's like very similar vibe of like driving around in your car for the day and popping in. And because I've actually, I think I'm the one that's door knocked the most in the company, I think. So I actually haven't been setting appointments at all um, because Quentin created this new program called the lead program because, you know, most people when they leave college or they're trying to like recruit some like younger people too, but most people don't have like eight to 10 grand just sitting in their bank account as like a cushion because it's really good to have a cushion in the job because sometimes people cancel or you need to buy leads or they're just like different business expenses. So it's like, you don't want to stress yourself out by only have a, having a certain amount in your account. So Quentin started this thing called the lead program in order to be able to buy people's leads. And he just takes like a certain percentage of your commission. So that's actually what I've been doing. So it's helped my expenses remain extremely low. Um, so I'm not having to buy the leads right now. And I'm going to start buying leads probably in about a month. Um, that's but sick. yeah, no, it's, it's kind of cool because that way it's just like being able to provide more opportunity to younger people that normally wouldn't be able to, you know, get into the business because they maybe just graduated college. Like they have student loans typically, um, all that kind of stuff. But it's really 
honestly kind of chill. Like, it's funny because sometimes I'll be like, Wah, I don't want to go to work. But it, then I remember I work like 33 to 40 hours a week. And <laughs> I'm producing like three to 10 grand a week. And then I'm like, you know, Naomi, most people don't make that much money. <laughs> Not in that and of time. most people work more hours <laughs> yeah so it's um, wild yeah yeah i think like anyone that like did okay in books and by okay maybe sold like 2500 units or above for a summer like would have a pretty easy transition going into cardinal that's that's bananas it's crazy people don't understand like especially people who might be listening or who maybe are selling books it's when you first leave southwestern you think you make so much money at books and then you start really understanding the yep. multiplier. We'll just call it that three, yeah. five, seven X for a quarter of the work. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Or like or a third of the work. Um, let's talk about these leads. Cause I feel like that's something that blows people's minds. If they haven't been, even if like they went into an industry where they are no longer knocking on doors cold calling necessarily leads are such a unique aspect of the sales process because it eliminates prospecting for you. So um, Quentin was telling us a little bit about how they work, right? Basically you, it's mail-in leads and there's also electronic leads, but long story short, people mail in and say, Hey, come to my house. This is my life. This is my prayer approach. Here's where I live. Stop in. Um, what was it like for you in when, when you came in? Cause I feel like that would blow my mind as I just got out of the book field and all of a sudden, you know, Mrs. Jones is telling me where she lives and to come to her house. Was that weird or what or did you assimilate into that pretty easily? Um, I didn't necessarily think it was weird because it made sense that that's something that people do. I've actually been using the quote unquote crappier leads because Quentin, because he buys the leads, he doesn't buy the nice, the nice direct right, mail those leads. Are expensive quote unquote nice. I think it, there's not really a huge difference. It's kind of like how turf matters, but it doesn't at the same time. <laughs> so it's like the leads you get like matter, but at the same time, like you can still produce with anything, you know? Yeah. Um, the only difference is people just like respond to an email that they get in their email and then they put in their information. And they're like, come to my house, please. And then half the time they forget that they did that. And they're like, I, I didn't do anything. And then it's kind of like a little bit colder um, at the mm. door. Um, but I mean, coming from straight cold calling for 80 hours a week, it's like, oh, okay, if someone's a little bit cold and you're like, well, you said that you wanted like $5,000 in coverage for your beneficiary, Ganny Gamboa. Like, does that no, sound no. familiar? You know, and then Man. they're like, <laughs> yeah because they like they write in all this information so it's like they didn't like you don't some people are like well you can get anything off the internet like that's like one of the objections people will give me and i'm like really well is that who you picked for your beneficiary because i don't think you get that off the internet <laughs> like, <laughs> da, 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 da. like come on man but it's um it's just a different like demographic of people so like learning how to communicate effectively with people above the age of 50 as well. So it's just a dim different yeah. demographic, you know, but that's, that's literally any... the next level after Southwestern prospects is that's the, the opposite demographic. Yeah. But I mean, like 
the leads, like I wouldn't, I mean, with what I've heard, not to throw any companies under the bus, but FFL is probably like the biggest, most popular one here in the United States, I believe. And just hearing about the leads that people get and like some of the sob stories or pain stories that people were telling in sales school, like the Cardinal sales school, I was just like, holy crap, I'm really glad that I didn't like get involved in that first. I mean, I only really got involved with Cardinal really because of ponytails, because they sponsored ponytails. And they're like, nice. <laughs> you work like 20, 30 hours a week and make like 150K. And I was like, if you suck. And I was like, well, you know, I can suck. Like, yeah, I can I'll suck, suck for that. I'll suck for I'll that. Su- <laughs> I'll suck so bad for that. I'll suck so bad for 150K. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so I was like, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll do a little bit better than sucking, but at least if I just suck, then things are okay. Yeah. yeah. You know? Uh- it's it's brilliant that that and you know I tell me a little bit about the culture. I've asked this from all the people that have worked there, Sean, uh, Greta, right? But after talking to Nick, it's so he's so um, I don't want to say Dan Moorish, but he's got like a like a chilling, calming vibe where it's like, yeah, I'll work for you, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it, and it, and so I imagine that because of that and because of who Pedro is, the culture that they built around the company has to be pretty, pretty great. What, what have you experienced with that? Um, so I only really got to hang out with Nick once and that was at my sales school. Um, as far as card culture goes, I, it's nice because they have this morning call every single morning, Monday through Friday, that people can hop on. And that's kind of like how they work on like cultivating people, like to kind of keep people involved. Because again, people are all over the country. So there are people in like right. Washington State, there's me in Florida State. I kind of like it, like being kind of on my own in Florida because um, just my experience at Southwestern, and I drink like a lot of Kool-Aid and I got like really deep into it and all these things. And so I was very, very tentative, like doing something sales again. Because I was like, well, I just like, I don't want to get like, I don't want to feel as if I'm just getting too deep in something to where like I lose myself in the sauce or like, don't, you know, whatever. Right. And so I was the very tentative. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, I feel like Southwestern a very like high school culture, like small group, like small town, like everyone knows each other. Um, you know, it's kind of like clicky. It can be, or just like not always the most uplifting conversations. Um, it's masked as uplifting conversations sometimes. However, it can be not that way, which is kind of like how most of the world is. Um, I think with Cardinal, it's just much more adult. It's like you're responsible for your own business. And like, we're here to help you and hang out with you if you want that. And we like to have fun in the meantime see it twice a year at our meetings that we have and make sure to be on the morning call and answer your uplines calls but you're an adult you know and i actually really appreciate that because i like didn't want too much it's i think it's like a really healthy balance of like being able to have like a culture and build friendships like i've already been able to like i'm gonna go follow this guy lucas holland in january um and Obviously, I've gotten a lot closer to Sean um, being able to work for Cardinal because mm-hmm. um, Sean and I have always been kind of like friends on Snapchat and like kind of chit-chatted here and there, like random phone calls sometimes. Or if he came to West Palm Beach for like a Tony Robbins conference, we'd hang out. 
Um, but it's given me like more of an excuse to, as an extrovert, like kidnap him as a friend. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> you know, us extroverts, we like to kidnap people as our friends. It's a gift and a curse. <laughs> it's a gift and a curse. So um, I'm really thankful for, and honestly, working with Quentin has been so much fun. He has like very similar dark humor as me and it's just <laughs> like awesome like one day he was just like texting me he was like yeah you know Naomi like money's like food not everyone gets it <laughs> I was like oh my gosh he was like, I figured someone I, as messed up with, as you would get it and I was like I gotta go correct. knock on the door <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we just like it's really fun the relationship that i've gotten to cultivate and even like jessica um it's been really awesome she's actually helped me out with like physical therapy because my back has been messed up since i sold books and just being in the car actually really aggravates it a lot and so i don't think i can do cardinal forever unfortunately because of my back problems and it's not like my end goal for my life i'm using it more as a stepping stone to create like enough overhead for like what i want to go do later but the beauty is that it's a, the career aspect of it, if you wanted to, is there for you just because that it, it's it's a pleasant enough place that a lot of people have made it a career. But at the same time, it is, it can be just a place where you're going to be like, I'm going to go make a shit ton of money. For a I minute, yeah. I want to do, I want to be a singer or whatever, like whatever else you want to go in your life. And you can generally, genuinely create that cushion. We were talking to, um, we were talking to Dave Rosen um, earlier this season. And he he was saying like when he wanted to go into politics after books before he went to work for the Clintons, there was like a little section there. He was like, there's no question that rich kids are the ones that end up in politics because they have the ability to have the financial security to just be like, mom, I'm not going to work. And so he went back to sell books. He's like, I, I sold 10,000 units in 10 weeks, had a cushion, and then I started getting into politics and I used that money to just really like – you know, eke it out until I was starting until I started making money in politics. But that that sounds like this kind of thing too, where it's like if you want to go do something else in your life, this is a great place for you to just you know, people are going to die every day, so everyone's going to need insurance, and you can just go and make it with it what you. Want. I mean, it's shit. Even if you did it part time. Oh well, that's the other thing too. It's like now that I have my license, and I found out that real estate and final expense are actually the two um, largest wealth building licenses in the United States. So that was a cool fact that Austin Souders told me. Um, shout out to Austin. Love his face. Austin's a G. Yeah. But now that like I've kind of learned how to do it, I think it's like something that like if you really invest maybe like six months to, you know, maybe two or three years. But I think if you at least invest like six heavy months into like learning how to get like decent at the job. And then like I don't think I'll ever – get rid of my license like yeah it takes like a couple hundred bucks a year like every two years to renew your license but like say like i'm a mom and i'm like 28 and like i need to go like shit out for a grand like i'll be like all right i'll go sell for like two days <laughs> you know what i mean that's like, exactly right you know it's just like i think it's like a really good tool to have in like the tool belt in like your arsenal because it's like oh my gosh, like we just found out that like we need to get a new roof. Okay, well, let me go to work for a week. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I think it's a just a good backup to have if like something's going on or maybe you want to like make a higher investment or maybe like you're going to miss your max on your Roth for like the year by a couple grand, like just, you know, 
go to work for like two or three days and you'll probably make enough. <laughs> See, that's what I like about you, Naomi, is you are ahead of your years in a lot of ways. Like most people don't think about it. And I know Southwestern teaches you to kind of talk, do it this way, but not a lot of bookings even follow through with doing that kind of stuff that you're thinking. You're like my brother in that where uh, him and Asia both, where they're thinking way ahead with every decision that they make today. And even just like what you're saying right now, that's really impressive that you think that way because most people don't. <laughs> and so good for you. Thanks. <laughs> I try. I've also Appreciate found you. out that I thought I would know a lot more about running a business leaving Southwestern. And now that I left, I'm like, holy crap, I knew absolutely nothing. I'm really thankful for the experience that I've gotten to have with you over the past year and change now. And even like working with John Stewart last year and helping him with his music stuff. And, um, you know, I think on a larger level with Cardinal, I've learned how to like on a larger level actually run a business because like you're kind of running a business in books, but like, there's a lot I, more to I it. I have to do a lot more paperwork now. I yeah. I actually pay someone to do my paperwork. Like I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I know I am. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the people that make this show possible, the people that bring this show to you. Uh, these are people who all sold books, and we're here to give a quick shout out to them in a spotlight. Uh, about their company and what they're up to. So if you're interested or if after listening to this, you're kind of wanting to know a little bit more, feel free to click on the links below to connect with these people. Uh, these are from an expert excerpt I have with them from a podcast that I do on the side. It's called Executive Exercises, where we take all our sponsors and they come into a think tank and share some awesome ideas about how to grow their business specifically on different topics. Go check that out. But I pulled some of the comments that they had explaining what they do and who they're looking for on their companies and so if that sounds like you like i said click below hope you enjoy so that's that, yeah and so so money wise and it just seemed like it was going to be the leads which i wanted to go back to that because you mentioned this and that's another thing that maybe southwestern people don't understand is leads and that's kind of like you're saying basically imagine you show up to a town to sell books you send a postcard out to every single family that has kids in school or young children asking them if they struggle with any of the following subjects yes or no <laughs> would you be interested in, would you be interested in hearing about a product product that might help you with all those subjects yes or no name and address and then you just waited at your hq for like a couple of weeks and then you got in the mail like 700 people returning that postcard saying come to my house here's where i live hi are you the mom of the house yes and you've heard of you great yeah is this Let's your handwriting this buddy yeah that's my yeah. handwriting yeah. you got a few minutes it's again you're not selling every single lead that you sit down with but the leads is kind of what interested me because that that kind of anxiety feeling that I talked about at Southwestern yeah. and the anxiety I had with Family Heritage, I honestly didn't think that was going to go away, but it it has. It's it's gone away when I sold. Now, I still had a little bit of anxiety, but after that first knock, it goes away. But much less anxiety every week because I knew I have fresh leads coming in, and so even if this day doesn't work out, I know I got. Typically, our agents will get anywhere from 25 to 50 leads a week of people that they can go and, and call on. I want people to understand what it is that you do, how you do it, why you do it, all of the good stuff. You hear a lot about coaching. You hear a lot about life coach, sales coach, business coach, yada, yada, coach, 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 coach. Man, I think just to start off like what it isn't, it's not training. It's not showing up and yeah. having somebody talk at you for 45 minutes to an hour. And like the way that I look at it is we're all human beings. We're all broken in some capacity. And we all know a lot of the people that I work with, they know what they're supposed to be doing. They're just not executing on it or they're not doing it as intentionally as they should be. Um, or they're, they're just not focused. They have like 15 different goals or 15 different things that they're trying to balance or do. And because of that, like 
they're not as intentional as they should be at home or they're not as intentional as they should be at work and they're not picking up the phone and calling people. And it's like, it's like having a personal trainer for your, your business. It's having intention on why we do what we do every day and creating clarity and helping to build our lives and our calendars around what our future goals and intentions are. That'll do for now. Like I said, make sure you click below to get some more information. And now back to the show. So that's how it works. Um, and that's not uncommon that people went, I mean, you know, you listen to the show enough. It's not uncommon that people say that when they leave, they're like, yeah. I mean, I knew I, the, the gas make any business run is, is revenue, which is sales. So mm-hmm. that's, so you learn the most important parts of it, but it's not the only important part of running a business, right? Creating inventory, creating uh legal side of things, accounting side of things that you have to handle on your side, right? That, that make, yeah. you gotta make sure things, especially in an industry like yours, there's a lot of legal involved. There's like a lot of, you mean you're fucking with people's like, like, yeah. like wealth, right? Um, can't just be like, oh, I misplaced that Mufu. No, it doesn't work. It's actually <laughs> like you have to have, you have to have your shit on straight. Um, yeah. For for you to succeed. Um, and so, damn, that's that's really sweet. I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you said that. What have what are some of the biggest things you've learned? You, you mentioned this. What are some of the things that you've learned that like as you look back in the last year and a half, you're like, okay. Damn, that was, I needed to learn that. I didn't know that. Um, I think like you hear a lot of people talking about investing and like you hear a lot of people talking about the things to do maybe in Southwestern, but like you don't actually understand how everything works. Like I've been in the process for the past probably three weeks talking to like multiple financial advisors, like different mutual funds, all these different things. And I'm like, man, like what's the correct route to go? Like there's so many routes you can take, you know? Um, and you hear things and then it's like, um, well, you don't want to just be average in Southwestern DGD. Like, well, if you sell books, you're not average, but like one, um, one person more told me that like Southwestern is a great way, great place to also be average. You know, it's like, just because you sell books, like, doesn't mean that like, you're going to make it in life. There are plenty rookies that sell for a year or like two years. I have friends that sold for seven years. And I wouldn't necessarily say that like they're crushing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And, you know, or five years or whatever. It's like, it really depends on like, I don't know, like your attitude, I think. And it's like Southwestern teaches all these really, really great things, but there's, there's just a lot more and you got to like keep going and you have to keep growing and you have to keep investing in yourself. You have to keep reading books like, um, I think it's a great, I still think that Southwestern is probably the best thing a college student can do with their summertime, but you have to keep going. Like, it's not just like, oh, you sold books and now you're going to be like rich and famous and all these things. And, you know, just your businesses will plop in your lap and like, you'll just have endless amounts of money. Like you have to take things that you learned and apply them and, and learn new things and apply those new things too, you know? Yeah. So. Oh man, I like that. It's you, it's easy to be average in Southwestern. Um, Just as much as love, it is on the outside world too, you know. Yeah. Uh, best internship in the country. Not always the best career. Is what I is how I like to say it. Best internship in the country. I don't think is questionable. I mean, unless you're working with it. Elon Musk and you're an engineer, that's probably. But even best still, internship. it's like I mean, even still, like. <laughs> I don't know. I want to be learning business lessons from him right now. He's he's just lost a shit ton of shares for Tesla. Yeah, but, <laughs> but like, 
But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you'll get I believe in Elon, man. It's <laughs> Mars, dude. Um, well, like I even was recruiting this one rookie one year and he was like, I want to be an engineer. I want to work on particle assimilators. And then he got an internship in Switzerland to work on particle assimilators. At the, at the, at the particle. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that, the lab, that's crazy. That's like yeah. as high as it can go. That's, and I was like, you as know, as I want you to hold your commitment and I want you to keep selling. Like, I want you to come out for the summer and sell books, but like, that's kind of your dream. So like, I get it. <laughs> go work on particle simulators, you know, go, go. Nobody's, nobody's going to fault you for that. And if they do, that's, that's, those are the people that we're talking about. Because there's there's probably someone listening going, yeah, but still, can you imagine working there and having sold books? Like they would still argue for Southwestern that that was the right choice for that person at that point. There's someone listening that's going to be like, he should should have still sold books. You're the person we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, you. Whoever you are, we're calling you You out. Yeah, you. Picking up that weight at the gym. Yeah. Go go collect names. Go collect names. Uh. I'm, I'm sure You're like that. that's just... <laughs> oh. oh, that's the other thing with Cardinal. Like, you're not off schedule. That that blows my mind. Like, I can go pee at gas stations. I can go pee <laughs> at Publix. <laughs> I like work in the same county my parents live in sometimes, and like sometimes I'll just I'll go pee at their house, and I'll make myself a cup of coffee, and then I'll go back to the field, and like. I'm not off schedule. <laughs> like, wow. I know. Crazy. That sounds naughty. I know. That's, it feels oh, a little you bad. Like, I know. I know. I'm really bad. But like, I remember following Greta. She's like, in this nice, we can go to the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about the psychology of that, that you celebrate going to a gas station bathroom. Let's talk about like, what that implies all around. Maybe we haven't got into this. We, off schedule is when you're not directly talking to a family. When you're selling books door to door, if you're not talking to a family, directly talking to a family, or on your way directly to be talking to a family, that's yeah, the definition, okay. right? Isn't that? Mm-hmm. If you're not with Miss Jones or on your way to see Miss Jones, then you're off schedule. You need to pee in their houses because you need to be with Miss Jones, which is fine. Like I never really had a problem with being off schedule my entire book career. I went to go get a smoothie once my rookie year and I felt so guilty. I was like sitting there and I drink like this much of my smoothie. And I was like, I can't even drink my smoothie. And I threw it away and I went back to work. I was like, I'm really (laughs) bad at being off schedule. I'm really bad at being bad. (laughs) Let's go into some Southwestern shit now because that story is just a great way to start into your experience with door to door now i know we told your origin story in probably more detail in episode 63 but we also told it back then with 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 mentality that uh you were going to eventually tell the story again so just for those people who aren't going to go back and listen to episode 63 walk me through how the hell did you get recruited how did you get involved with this in the first place and you know go through first day of school first door first week first custody because those are all the funny ones when you're like oh my god it works (laughs) Oh my gosh, it Um, so excuse me. How dare you? That's wine. It's making me burpy. That's um, wine. That's boxed shout- wine. Yeah, shout out to Kayla Curtis. She brought me this like weeks ago, and I have not drank it. And tonight just seems like the night. So here we are. 
Dude, is a beast. Um, I'm going to take another She's one of these pineapple exotic Tobo Chicos and get shwasty with you. Nice. We're not Perfect. sponsored by Break, but we could be. But we could be. Um, <laughs> so Sarah Ayub was my student leader, and we were actually friends when we were babies. Um, we, uh, yeah, my mom and her mom actually met in a, like, health food store. So if you know Sarah or me, we're pretty um, into being healthy. Um, we even have this cute little... Oh, dang. Oh, we have some pictures favorite. for this, by the way. So this might be an episode worth watching on YouTube. We're 29 minutes in. We'll have Amy uh, throw them up on the screen. Shout out to Amy. Here's a picture producer. of Sarah and me when we were probably about four. No way. Yeah. <laughs> send me send me that send, or send it to Amy so we can throw it up on the screen. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it. <laughs> um, we're getting so the origin origin story. Yeah. Um, so we were friends when we were babies and then she moved away to Massachusetts and I stayed in Florida and then she wrote me a letter and then we became pen pals through about seventh grade. And then we, I know. And then we became like too cool to write letters to each other in like middle school. I got friends. Okay. Like, sorry, I can't write you a letter. (laughs) I got to go to the football game on Friday. I can't. Yeah basically and then you know you know in snapchat and instagram started coming out and then i found sarah on instagram and i was like i messaged her and it was kind of like the typical like oh my god you're so pretty now like oh my god like you know like oh how are you now yeah oh well you know we were babies (laughs) whatever so (laughs) um so then she moved back to she messaged me um before her freshman year of college was like hey i'm coming back to florida for college i was like sweet we should hang out so she came to ucf and then we hung out my seat she's a year older than me so we hung out my senior year her freshman year i was like yeah let's hang out this summer and she's like oh i have an internship and i was like no biggie we'll hang out like after the summer so her internship was southwestern um because she had already been recruited at that point and then she we hung out she came down in the fall to hang out with me and um that winter break like fast forward we hung out that winter break my mom and her mom obviously were still friends and knew each other and she's like she got lunch with her sarah's mom and she's like did you know sarah made like ten thousand dollars last summer and like (laughs) i actually moved out of my parents house on my 18th birthday so like halfway through my senior year of high school um just because our relationship back then like wasn't great so i uh, I moved out and then I took on full financial responsibility for myself. And mm. so that $10,000 sounded pretty nice considering I was broke. Um, right. Wow. So yeah, I went to that winter break. I went and did a notebook and for anyone that doesn't know what a notebook is, it's like a one-on-one informational session to introduce someone to the Southwestern. And I remember Sarah like was like, okay, I'll pick you up because I didn't have a car. So she picks me up. And I was like, okay, we're just going to go to Starbucks. We went to a Starbucks on Maria Ben Zachary's side of town of Orlando, which was an hour right. away because she lived yeah. by Disney. And, and I was like, the right best. there. And I was Shout like, out to Maria. Yeah, she's so, so cool. I'm like, we're driving there. I'm like, how far away is this Starbucks? Like, geez, like, I need to go to sleep tonight. I'm tired. Like, and she's like, oh, yeah, it's in Windermere. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. 
cool. So it's going to take an hour to drive there. Then we're going to have to drive an hour back. And apparently this thing is supposed to take an hour. So my evening just turned into one and a half hours to three to four hours. <laughs> I was like Wait. annoyed from the get-go. So like we sit down. She's like, do you want coffee? And I was like, no. Like I don't want to order anything. I just want to like get this thing over with. And so slide five back on the old Eagle Blitz presentation, it was like this green slide. And in the top right-hand corner, it said, um, if you work with us for an average of five years, you make an average of $135,000. And I was like, oh, cool. So I can do this my entire college career. And Maria was like, well, if you get selected, like that thing happened. <laughs> <laughs> that thing so when, they make it, when, when they try to make it sound selective. <laughs> Yeah, when they try and make it sound like a selective internship, <laughs> even though it's just sales. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I'll do it. So she keeps going through this whole notebook. Meanwhile, I'm exhausted. So I like was not intrigued. I was probably like this, like not intrigued at all. Like probably like if no I were recruiting signs. me, I'd be like, is this girl like into this? Like, I don't, I don't know. And then at the end of it, she's like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, I want to, like I told you, I'll do it. She's like, okay, well, there's like a interview process. I was like, okay, how long does it take? She's like, oh, it's a three-day interview process. I was like, okay, fine. Give me the crap. <laughs> like, I'll do it. Like, I just like, I didn't need I'm a all pony. this. Yeah. I like to call my, and my parents were like, wanted me to do it. Like, they were unicorn parents. Actually, my mom wanted me to do it so badly. She pretended that she didn't care and was indifferent because she knew that I'd kind of do the opposite of what she thought. Because a rebellious child or something like that. Because <laughs> so. you moved out and you're bad. I'm bad. So <laughs> um, then, yep, there's Sarah and me. Aren't we adorable? Oh, so my cute. gosh. This is very funny, dude. Look at you guys. We're, we're so cute. Oh, I can't go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's extra funny if you know, if you know Sarah as well. Yeah. <laughs> She's just as short. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't grown. She grew about she, she grew about three inches. But she's she's as tall as you are were then. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh um, so you said so your yeah. parents were unicorns about it. That's really interesting. When when you talk about like not having the best relationship growing up, did that affect you when you went into like mom and dad's week? Or like how was that? Was that if the and if this is a story for Bizzler? Um, no, it's not. I mean I guess, like, I think my first year, I was like, oh, I won't miss them at all. Like, I worked at a summer camp all throughout high school, and so I was gone for the summers a lot of times, and I was like, I won't miss them. I won't get homesick. But I think just with high emotions on the book field, like, halfway through the summer, I was like, oh, dang. I, like, actually kind of want to talk to them. (laughs) I was like, what is this? What is this feeling going on inside of me? (laughs) Like, what's going on? I'm not supposed to feel emotions. I'm not supposed to feel emotions. You're supposed to go to the door, next door next door wow yeah so i wouldn't say it affected it i actually my entire career never hit dad's week so sorry dad um (laughs) i actually hit mom's week multiple times and one of the mom's weeks my mom (laughs) requested that i just get the dad mug so that they could have matching mugs and they have pictures they send me pictures when they use their mugs and they're like with our matching mugs they're they're adorable but uh that's hilarious yeah yeah they're pretty great what was uh what was sales school like since you you know you went into this kind of like yeah whatever i'll just go do it give it your personality you're so chill and sales school is not chill where it was that hard for you to just be like whoa like was, or would you write a where you write with it do you have your cool card? um okay so i like took adderall 
on the way to sales school to memorize nice. my sales talk. Of course. Because um, you, know, you didn't college. do it since January. Because <laughs> I didn't do it since January. Well, and so I'm going through the whole interview process with Maria too. And I'm like, why do I have to go through an interview process? Like I already told you I'm going to do it. Like, why are you making me answer all these questions and like talk about emotions and like all these things? Like, it doesn't matter. That, <laughs> like, I'm going to do so it. so not ideal when you're trying to, on the other side, you're like, this girl is going to be hard to coach. Yeah. Um, I've heard wow. that I'm not always the most coachable. So it's always something in the back of my head that I have to work on. Um, what? Yeah. Ooh. Crazy, right? No. No. Nay. Ponytail. I, have, I haven't experienced that ever with you ever. Um, <laughs> shot fired. <laughs> All right. Okay. Note to self: be more intentional when Andres tells me to do things. <laughs> I'm glad you. It's because of that that I appreciate having you on, working with us, because I, I need some of that. Everybody needs some of that. The, I can't build this thing on my own, and it's a team now, and we need oh, people push to back on the other side sure. going, "Hey, no, this doesn't work like this." It's good. It's a good thing. For me, yeah, yeah, I mean, even Austin and I were talking about because he's one of the people that I've been talking about potential like financial advisor stuff. Um, and he's I'm with Primerica, like, berating, yeah, he is. Him and his Do dad, Primerica, okay. Primerica, no question. Okay, cool, we'll talk later. So he's Sorry. like berating, like, I'm berating him with, and like, Austin and I have been friends for like six years now, so I'm like just <laughs> in it deep. And he's like, he's like, well, like, you know, like, I can tell you starting to get like kind of like. Well, Naomi, if you don't want to work with me, don't work with me. And I was like, hey, Austin, like, I know I'm really abrasive. And you don't normally see the side of me because we haven't worked together. <laughs> but <laughs> it's mostly I'm into this. I'm doing my due diligence. And I'm an <laughs> eight. And I build community with conflict. So just get used to it. That should be... <laughs> I'm an eight on the Enneagram, too. And for ponytails, that should be your tag line we don't have a tagline yet ponytails <laughs> podcast building community with conflict <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's really funny or building conflicted community because also yeah. that, that that counts too that it works that way too um 100%. anyway sorry so sales school so you, you tell maria i'm in there you didn't you're you're trying to on Adderall, yeah i was taking like highway. 22 or 21 or like 20 like 20 ish credit hours my second semester of college because when you're a music major you take a ton of like one credit hour classes and then you have rehearsals all the time on top of that and you have like concerts coming up so it's a lot of outside work than your actual class time and homework yeah music majors are i was a music major for one semester and i can tell you it's like med school like you I had a science professor tell me, like, these can be tougher than science degrees. <laughs> like, well, well, it's, like, hard from the standpoint of some of the classes are just challenging. Like, I remember we had oral skills, which was when you have to, like, listen to music and then write it from just listening onto, like, so, like, the test, literally the exam was you would sit and the professor would play something on the piano and you had to, like, write the notes, like, write the sheet music for it from sound. Mm-hmm. It's like, how yeah. do you even practice for that, right? That, that takes hours. And then that's one class, right? And then then you have to go practice whatever your instrument is. So for me, I was a vocal major. So like I had to go practice singing. And then the other way, like it was even that it was so in crazy, 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 crazy amount. It's, it's a like lot, for that. That's crazy. And then I had this other test that it was my music history class. And you would have all of the, 
you would he would play like they were called music listening tests and you would have like probably 10 to 20 pieces of music that you needed to study and you would have to he would play about 30 seconds of the excerpt so you had to know the piece and some of these pieces are like 10 20 minutes long some of them are like a minute long you know it depends what era in history you're studying and so you needed to know the piece well enough to be able to recognize it from a 30 second excerpt and you needed to write down the title of the piece and half the time they're in german or italian or in you know just all these different languages so you or they have similar the different... names like there'll be like so, symphony number seven but it's a the seventh symphony of a different artist so they're both seven yep. symphonies but it could have been a sixth or it could have been owed to a symphony and you're like the fuck like very close yeah. as well so you had to know the title the composer the opus number the symphony number like um if it had a movement which movement it was like all of the details and if you got anything wrong it's just wrong and it was just like and you got 30 seconds to listen to it and he's like all right write it down <laughs> like, oh this is chopin's fifth or whatever yeah you're like shit yeah i remember it's crazy music music major stuff was crazy um so I understand so why your sales said, talk was not I learned. didn't memorize my sales talk. I did not memorize <laughs> that makes my sales sense. talk. Who's got time so, for that shit? Nobody's got yeah, time for that. Yeah, and I was you like, why do we do all these things? I was like, this is a summer internship. Emphasis on summer. <laughs> like, I was like, geez, man. So I took Adderall on the way to sales school to just memorize my thing. And I was and I was like, and Sarah's like driving me to sales school as my student manager. She's like, mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like, because I didn't have a car. I was a walker my first summer, too. Don't quit. And don't, so, quit don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't <laughs> quit. And then we get to sales school. We get our backpacks, and everyone's like running around. And like, while we're like running around, knocking on doors, you know, theoretically, and like practicing and stuff, you know, I'm like in it and like trying. Kayla Curtis was in that first org with me. Super fun. You got to have Ryan Mulcahy on at some point. That kid is hilarious yeah he's he'll just he'll have so many good stories um but we were on that word together and i'm like running around and like as i'm running around it just kind of like hits me I'm like oh my gosh we are knocking on doors this summer this is a thing that people do <laughs> i was like <laughs> i was like i'm in nashville at this point i don't have a car i don't I need money. So here I am. <laughs> I was like, all, all right. All this cool. for $10,000. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, like, I guess we're doing this. And so I just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> going through it. It kind of felt like a camp. Like, I think probably camp is the best way to actually equivalent. Like, if you're trying to describe some Southwestern someone, um, it's actually really easy to relate it to the military is what I found because um, with dating Ben and him having the military experience, it's been like very like parallel, a lot of our experience um, just from Southwestern and him being in the military. And then um, I also try and describe it to people as like a camp because like, like, you know, a camp when you go to camp and you're like, you're having a good time most of the time, but like sometimes you get like really emotional and then they pack all these activities in and you're just like exhausted. Like, that's how the summer is for 12 weeks and not one week <laughs> like you yeah. have one week of camp you've got 14 weeks of a book selling summer <laughs> exactly right and then you're hot and people are telling and you you're hot that you yeah. suck to your face 
yeah i still have people that were near i talk to my face i had this old guy being like i'm not gonna open the door to people i don't know this was like yesterday working with cardinal i was like geez man like it just it doesn't stop man like people just remain not the smartest (laughs) like yeah like you filled this out on the internet i'm here now i'm not gonna fight you it's not a Monday. I only bite on Mondays. Like you're safe. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I only bite after 9 p.m. So, um, so, so you get, where'd you go that first summer? Um, so I was supposed <laughs> to be in Kentucky all my first summer. And then I ran out of turf because the main place that I was going to work actually wouldn't uh, allow, um, like door-to-door transient business owners is what they called it because I was from Florida. Um, oh, so they didn't like, allow if you it. you don't know the interstate commerce law says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. So from Kentucky. To Indiana. Oof. So Olivia Batshone went on a mission trip and then she came back or like a trip to Italy or something and came back. So she needed turf. Then Kimmy ran out of turf and then I ran out of turf. So it was like, at this point, we had three people, girls that needed turf, and there wasn't really availability in Kentucky. So we went to Indiana and we started looking for housing because we needed to move to Indiana, which I was heartbroken about because I really want to live with Sarah, Um, but it wasn't a big deal. (laughs) And they were like, well, you'll get to make new friends. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) it's fine. I guess, but But have you seen this in this picture? Yeah, it ended up being... Uh, pretty decent. So that first summer was a lot. I didn't have a car. I couldn't go to the bathroom in gas stations, even if I wanted to, because I didn't have a car. So did you ever shit yourself? I did not ever shit myself. I've never shit myself, but Me I did either. take a shit in a cornfield. Nice. Yep, there are a lot of cornfields in Indiana, and I, I knocked on this one door, and I was like. They were a no, and I was like, okay, this might sound like really weird, but like, can I use your restroom? Like, I'm really sorry to be asking this, but like, I don't have a car. And they're like, go ask so-and-so in the back. And I was like, okay, so go around back and like, I'm trying to explain what I'm doing, but they're in the middle of like a therapy session for their kid with special needs. It was just like, it was a whole mess. And they're like, no, like the heck. And I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, like, I'm sorry. This is not ideal for me either. (laughs) Yeah. And then I was like, okay, fine. Like, I didn't want to create any bad PR for myself. I'm like, okay, cool. No worries. And then I like, I longboarded my first summer. And so I like longboarded like down the road a little bit, but like, you know, I had coffee that morning and it was just like something had to, something had to happen. So I like booked it into this corn field. I used corn husk leaves, you know, and everything. It was not the most ideal um yes but i was relieved and then i went back to work <laughs> and you're on schedule you were on i was schedule. on schedule less guilty than the smoothie less guilty than the smoothie <laughs> that i got <laughs> oh I man as pretty bad as a walker schedule. it's so brutal man i can't i never walked but um danny had to walk for his first two weeks mm. and it was, I witnessed that firsthand. There's a first, because my first summer I didn't see or know anybody that walked. I had no idea people did that. And the only person that didn't have a car was Will Struby, who I think is going to be on soon on the show. But Will uh, had a motorcycle that he took out to the McField, which is odd (laughs) because they're loud. 
And so you Dude, show that's up pretty cool, with like a backpack. Yeah, you show up with the backpack and a loud ass motorcycle in the driveway. With a motorcycle. And he'd like take off his helmet and he's bald already at this point. You know, so he take off his helmet. Hi, are you the mom of the house? This is so odd. Very, very funny. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. The bookman that yeah. rides a motorcycle. That's that's, that's sick. Um, but anyway, so so the only other person I'd known, and Danny walked. So that's tough. That's tough. I mean, basically, you get dropped off at the in the morning, like at 7:30 in the morning, and you're like, cool, enjoy your feet for like till 9 30 because your manager probably isn't going to come pick you up until 9 30 10 o'clock dude and not to rag on kimmy man but kimmy would also do late night sit downs and like we drove an hour to our turf every day and so we were in the car with each other for two hours every day and it was just it was a lot and it was like sometimes i would just be so tired and just want to go home so badly and one night she got pulled over because she like sneezed or something she was like, oh, I like swerved when I sneezed and then I got pulled over. And I was like, so like, just like emotionally, just like overwhelmed and just like upset. And like, obviously that's not her fault. You know what I mean? But I was yeah. just like, I just want to go home and take a shower. Half the time, Kimmy and I would just like hop in the shower together because it was like 11 p.m. at that night. And we were just like, whatever, man, like we just got to go to sleep. Like <laughs> It is what it is. Save some time. I'm not going to wait for you to finish your shower and you're not going to wait for me to finish my shower. We're not going to argue right now about who gets the shower first. <laughs> so we're just going to take a shower. <laughs> if you want in and in, in, but I'm in here. Um, yeah. It's rough. So it's, it's, it's a tough, what was the toughest day you remember from, from walking that you're like, man, there's no way I'm not oh. bringing a car next year. I think I just knew the whole summer. Like I was bringing a car. Like, <laughs> I don't think there day was like one. a particular day. I remember like some mornings, like you, you know, jump out of bed in the morning for your cold shower and like my feet like hit the ground and it just like was painful. Just like stepping out of the bed. It was just like your feet were just so sore and like just beat. Like I went through three pairs of tennis shoes that summer. I wonder how many like, miles you walked. A lot, dude. And like, I rode my longboard too, right? And so, when you're on a longboard, you have the one foot that's on the board. There I am. That's my first summer. See, including pictures was totally a fun idea. <laughs> yeah. So. If you guys are listening, it's definitely worth checking out the video uh, uh, later on. If you guys were 51 minutes in, this is hilarious. 5108. Look at that. Can we zoom yeah. in on this, Amy, or is that? <laughs> yeah, there we go upside down visor oh for sure i always made sure to look really dorky on the book field but be like hi i'm a stupid college girl buy books for me because for some reason people liked that so look at that what a stud yeah so you so you got your long where you probably that ate your shoes up too probably oh for oh yeah yeah i um there was so yeah with the long board so you have the one foot that's on the board and the one that like pedals right so the foot that's on the board, you're continually like lowering to get your other foot on the ground, right? So you're kind of doing these like mini squats all day. Yeah. So by the end of the summer, my left glute and um, quad were significantly larger than the right ones. <laughs> and it's probably like the funniest like exercise, like noticeable difference between legs, but like it's interesting too because actually when you work out legs it actually 
um, it's not this way with arms, but I learned this from Ben, but when you work out your legs, it actually um, is even. So even if you have a leg injury on one side, you still want to work out the other leg because it'll still like help your injured leg. Oh, don't know how that works. But yeah, that's what he told me. He knows a lot of things. I don't know. So I was, but I think it was just so much overuse of my left leg squatting all the time from longboarding that it was just like my dude, my quads, I think have never been more toned and muscular for sure. And then your right calf was shredded and your right hip from pushing from the other side. Just yeah. (laughs) Or you were missing the other half from the other, the other. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. And there was this, like, I got really good at the, I called it the Johnny Depp, you know, like in Pirates of the Caribbean, like the very opening scene, he's sailing Jack Sparrow and the boat is sinking and he just walks onto the deck. He gets right off of it. Yeah. 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 So I I called it the Johnny Depp because I had like longboard and I go right up to the house and I just walk up the steps. So I like, I got it. I got pretty good at like stepping, putting my board in the grass. Like I'd ride my board into the grass and then I just run up to the door. And then it backfired. It backfired one morning because one morning I was like, let's go. Best day ever. I'm the best book. It's like week three. I'm like, I'm so good at this job. Like totally sucked at the job. (laughs) You know, but like we got told to talk to ourselves positively. Right. So I'm I'm trying to be more coachable than like I've been told that I have been. So (laughs) (laughs) there is obviously it's morning time. So there's this thing that, happens in the morning Andres it's called dew and (laughs) so there was dew on the grass so I went to go do my Jack Sparrow walk and like be a gangster and walk up to the door and like sell them some books right and I roll up into the grass and I'm going pretty fast this is Kentucky too so there are like hills in Kentucky yeah I'm like coming down hills get in this driveway get in the grass and I step off of the grass and I step my foot off to start running and my it was like a cartoon it was just like zoop. it felt like one of those like cartoons or you zoop, and then you do like two or three spins in the air and then just like slam and so I didn't spin obviously because it wasn't a cartoon but it was close to it but it was cartoonish <laughs> I go up in the air I have my binder and my iPad in my hand and so as I go up I like throw these things up in the air and I land on my back and it knocks all the wind out of me. And I was just like, <gasps> right? And then I threw things up in the air, right? So then my, like, gravity. So then my iPad, instead of coming down like this or landing, you know, in the grass, it came down at, like, an angle like this. And it hit my lip. And I still have a scar. But it sliced through my lip. And it, like, left a hole in my lip. So there are pictures from that Sunday meeting where I'm like doing like a shotgun. I'm like covering it <laughs> because I just had, you know, I was swollen. I like stood up and I was like, oh, because I just got hit in the face. And I'm like bending over and there's just like blood like gushing out of my face. And I was like, this is awful. <laughs> I was like, what not do I do? Ideal. And I was like, I can't not like lines, this. Answer lies behind the next door. <laughs> That's what they told me. They're like, go up to the door. I like knock on the door. No answer. Go next door. Knock on the door. No answer. I'm like, what do I do? So then I was like, geez, man. And so I got on my longboard. One of my customers from the day before was on the street behind me. So I go to the street behind me and she's outside like walking her dog. And I was like, Hey, and I move my hand and just blood. And she's like, she's like, Oh my, oh my God. God. She, she, 
she brought me inside and like gave me a popsicle and like helped my face and I was like it's okay and I'm like swollen like all day and my lips is just like this big <laughs> just like so look like I went back Mike to Tyson. Work. yeah went back to work you know got a popsicle she helped me fix my face and everything didn't go get a smoothie because it also to right. suck out of a straw with that would have been probably not ideal yeah so I'm like talking all day with my lips like this and swollen <laughs> <laughs> it was just not it so that was like one for my first summer so what was your first customer like especially as his name is mr Klinger. no yeah. <laughs> what a name bro i know mr Klinger. i thought he was a grandpa and yeah <laughs> i thought he was a grandpa and apparently he had like a six-year-old and so he was really nice i started walking up and i was like waving he's like hi and like we just started talking it's probably like 11 to 2 p.m range like somewhere in there and we just like sit down on the front porch and he was just so sweet like a sweet old guy and i was like grandparent like i'm trying to figure out his situation but he had like a six-year-old kid and he bought like ask me's and like the websites and um then he yeah he was really nice he gave me orange juice and we started talking about music in college because he actually used to teach at a college and he gave me a box cd because i played bigger better with him the penny game (laughs) and he gave me a box cd and he also gave me a seashell and if you know me i love the beach and i love seashells and i'm a music major and I think it was a box CD. So he gave me the box CD and I was just like, cool, you know? And I was like, okay, sweet. They said you get three customers a day, so there are probably two more out there. And I got two more customers that day. Um, That was your first day? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my first day wasn't bad. Yeah, I think my first week I had six customers. That's a good start, especially for walking. Yeah, it was decent. It wasn't bad. Good shit. Good shit. Did you pick up steam afterwards or was that summer kind of rough overall? Like, was it what everybody has a different first summer? Some start hot. I think I produced, I produced about 1400 units, I think. That's good. Especially for walking. And switching turfs. Yeah. Switching turfs. Um, It was funny because Southwestern's overall like production that year was actually down that was the year after like Pedro left, after John Stewart mm-hmm. left, after like I a left. bunch of people left. You Obviously, left. That was huge. Biggest that was loss the really biggest of that year. Company loss. You Honestly. Me. I mean, Grant Greeter left too, but me for sure. <laughs> you for sure. My um, 700 so- units <laughs> from the summer before. <laughs> LOL. Where were they going to um, replace those? Yeah, so that summer, Southwestern's overall production was lower, and I was supposed to be a top rookie. I was in the top 100, to my knowledge, and they only included the top 75 because production was so low. And I was like, that's effed up, man. I was a top rookie, and I don't even get to be a top rookie. I was like, I worked so hard. But My lip bled. Yeah, my lip bled. I didn't. My org wasn't necessarily like a huge like top producing org or anything. Like it was me and this other guy Peyton and probably Kayla Curtis that were like the three ones that were producing the most that summer. And even the kid that produced above me only probably sold like fifteen hundred or something like that. So slower org. 
slower org for sure. Um, and one of our student leaders, like none of the student leaders had PC that summer. Like, you know, so we weren't seeing Whoa. like a ton of production. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty normal to have an OL. So at least PC several times that there during that summer. Yeah. It's not out of the question. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. How did you know you so wanted to come back? Well, so remember when I was in my interview process and I was like, yeah, like, oh, if I do this my whole college career, then I can make 135000 Right, because you made about the ten grand. I mean, minus expenses and stuff probably, but overall you probably made some money. Yeah, I mean, we made, I think, $5 per unit back then. So now it's like eight something. Oh. Back then it was still like five something. So I think I, my first summer, I think there's a picture of my check maybe, Amy. Um, but it was like $6,400 or something like that. So right there. didn't quite kill it, but I bought my first car after my first summer. So there's baby me. Is that your first uh, summer? That was my first summer. Yeah. That was my second summer with this frog. That was actually my last summer. That was 2021. Oh, well, let's get into some of these stories. Let's go through the pictures and you tell us what's going on. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Well, Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. So, but yeah, you decided you wanted to come back because you had said, hey, I'm freaking coming back. So, yeah. So, well, I very much was like in the Kool-Aid. This is a little possum I found. He's so cute. <laughs> so my second summer, anytime I picked up an animal, I zeroed that day. So I picked up three animals my second summer. Um, I, I found that frog that was in the other picture. I found this little baby possum. He's so smiley and so cute um that lamb adorable there's drea <laughs> drea drea that was breaking the rules that night our host dad gave us beers so we would come home at night and drea was like well amy drank a glass of wine when she was doing stats so we can drink beer <laughs> which we totally weren't allowed to i still have that hat actually i think i gave it to ben but it's got a headlight in it I got it from a dad. And so she was like reading a book, <laughs> drinking beer on a Sunday. <laughs> Super dry vibes. So this guy, Cullen, this is a whole ass story. This guy. Okay. okay. <laughs> this guy. Oh my gosh. So I'm in Indiana my first summer. I'm taking like a goal period break. So we break up the days. I don't know if that's one of the things at the bottom, but um, we break up the days into like two and a half hours to kind of like stay focused for that time period. They're called goal periods. So I was taking a goal period break and I was eating a protein bar and I was like kind of out front of a house, but like kind of in between properties. This guy rolls up in a white car and it's like, hey, like, are you locked out of your house? And I was like, oh, this, that's not my house. <laughs> and so... <laughs> He was like, oh, well, like, I just want to make sure you're okay. Like, I brought you a Gatorade. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, because, like, oh boy, not everyone's nice to you on the book field. So getting yeah. a Gatorade from a stranger is great. And Might so as well we be were, a like, talking. Roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were, like, chit-chatting a little bit. And I was like, okay, well, I got to go back to work. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to a dentist appointment. He's like, do you um, – and I was like, yeah, here's one of my business cards. Like, whatever. I was just, like, passing them out to everyone. So then he hit me up on Facebook, but I didn't see this until later. So I keep working for like two hours and then I run into him again because he's outside walking his dog. Right. And so like this was two or three hours yeah. after I saw him. And he's walking his dog and I was chit-chatting with him and he's like, oh, did you see my message on Facebook? And I was like, no, I, I don't check social media during the day because he messaged my book girl page. That's what was on my business card. 
And he was like, oh, well, I just, I didn't know what you were doing Friday night. I didn't know if you wanted to hang out. I was like, oh, I'm working. <laughs> he was like, okay, well, what about Saturday? And I was like, thanks, but I'm working. <laughs> and he was like, okay. I was like, I heard that like, there's a delivery week at the end of the summer. And apparently it's like, we get more time. It's like very chill or something, which if anyone sold books, you know, delivery week is like hectic. <laughs> it's the opposite. Not chill. Especially for someone without a car. Yeah, for sure. So he was like, oh, okay, well, like maybe we can chit chat later, whatever. So he gives me pre approach for the entire street. So I was like, let's go, man. <laughs> and just like nice person all around. Obviously, it was like trying to, you know, invited me to go to a party with him. So, <laughs> but, oh. right, yeah. But <laughs> we ended up That's actually, funny. we're still really good friends. His name's Cullen. So then, like week eight or nine they're like okay well if you're a walker we have deliveries coming up in four weeks do you need to figure out can you figure out like how to deliver your books i was like well what am i gonna do like they didn't tell me this like what am i gonna do and i was like oh my gosh that guy <laughs> so i was like I he's got a car I was, like, I was like he's got a car i was like hey um what are you doing this week like the dates you know and he's like, oh, probably just working, but why? I was like, well, like, this is the situation. I'm supposed to deliver all these people's books, and I have some to deliver in Kentucky, too. But I don't know. Like, I thought maybe I could pay you $500 and, like, buy your food and gas. And, like, maybe, like, that could work or something. And he's like, yeah, like, let me see if I can um, – let me see if I can take off work. So he took, he takes off work and he worked with me 90 hours that week. And I paid this guy like 500 bucks and fed him. Bro, this yeah. guy was trying to date. <laughs> so it ended up being a great time. We had like lots of good conversation. We became really good friends. At this point, I, I started at, like at this point in the summer, I started having a crush on my OL who ended up being my boyfriend for three years um so Oof. not a bad thing but you know no. wasn't necessarily interested so you paid him five dollars and 55 cents an hour that's right i did a whole five dollars i bought him food cool. too, so. you know what's crazy and i don't mean to be this guy i don't mean to be this guy but no way in hell this happens for a dude i cannot imagine a world where i'm just walking in the street <laughs> some 24 year old looking girl woman whatever how old he was comes up to me and says, hey, do you live here? I'm going to the dentist. Do you want to come to a party on Friday? And then I just go, hey, if I give you $500, can you drive me around talking to families and trying to collect money from them? To a new across, state, too? Across state lines. Across I don't state know. lines. I don't know that I could uh, find a pony that big. <laughs> yeah, no. So he was really cool. So we actually like talked a lot and like we talked a lot about like self-talk and everything I'd been learning for the summer, became really good friends. Um, that October, he actually told me that um, he didn't plan on living through his birthday that October and everything that we had talked about really like inspired him and um, just talking about like positive thinking and um, self-talk and just like all these concepts that he hasn't necessarily been introduced to before. Um, he was just really struggling with a lot of mental health stuff. And um, so he like thanked me in October when his birthday came. And I was like, I had no idea, man. Like, wow. Like, wow. I'm really glad we met, you know? 
And like, I didn't know I had that impact. So like, I'm, I'm glad we got to hang out, you know? Um, he flew down to Florida and came and hung out with myself and the other book friends. Um, he hung out with us at the HQ in Kentucky. Um, he then my second summer. So this picture is actually from my second summer. So I injured my back my second summer. So I couldn't lift any boxes of books. I couldn't do anything. And I called him and I was like, hey, I'm in, in Wisconsin. If I pay for your gas, like, would you be down to like help me for part of my deliveries again? And he was like, sure. <laughs> I think I actually paid him less. I think I paid him like two fifty. I was like, "Listen, I didn't make that much money." <laughs> I paid twenty six cents in that twenty six two point six dollars an hour. Yeah, but I was like, "We can hang out again. I'll pay for your expenses at least, and you know, road trip, fun time in Wisconsin." Um, like, do you want to come again? So he came again. Um, and we're still actually really good friends this day. We chit chat every once in a while. Um, he's dating this girl, Shannon. He's done like a lot of bodybuilding in his career and like, um, yeah, just really great human being. So really cool story about how you can like just have cool impact by just having good conversations with people. Um, but he's a superstar. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. You saved the life. And if you yeah. or someone, you know, is experiencing a tough time mental health wise, please know that you are not alone call 988 suicide crisis hotline they will help you out trust me uh people want you around we need you yeah and he's also one of the people that probably were more of a genesis of like what i want to do eventually with opening the mental health facility that i want to open with using creative arts so um just one of the pieces of the puzzle to help me get there so yeah, I did want to talk to you about that uh, at some point while we're here. Um, if you want to get into that and then go back to t explaining some more of these funny pictures. Sure. Yeah. We'll go back to Southwestern stuff here in a sec. But I, I loved because when we first met, that's what you had as your North Star and it still is. Um, tell me about that. It's so cool. So that's where kind of the genesis was. But what's the what's the end goal? What does it look like? What's the ideal situation for you when it comes to the future for your career? Uh, yeah, so I see myself working with Cardinal at least like I'm definitely going to push myself really hard, tough this next upcoming year just because you get residuals for 10 years too. So that's really positive. That does um, not suck. It does not suck. Um, I'm probably going to start full-time fundraising for the facility I want to open in um, as soon as Ben gets in the military. Uh, so as soon as there's a second income coming in. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, yeah, I... I had one of my friends, um, we'll call them Mort. Um, one of my friends, I accidentally hurt their feelings and I didn't mean to, and it was through like a playful thing with one of my other friends, we'll call them Mort as well. Um, the other and, one's called Utley. The first one's Mort, the other one's Utley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Mort got really upset with me and I just, I didn't know that I could like, a joke that I made could have that much like pain infliction. And cause you never know people's stories like behind like the mask, you know, that people put on. And they just like kind of laid into me a lot. And I was like, wow, I'm sorry that that's how that came off. Like I, I really didn't mean for that to happen. And I'm, I really apologize, you know? And I just like really was like hurting like for my friend and I was just like, man, like, what can I do? And I like, I was so upset. Like I was kind of like, I canceled all of my recruiting um, appointments for the day. And I was just like, I just need to like go be around people that like, I know care about me. So um, I drove to my now ex boyfriend's house in Orlando. So I just hopped in my car on a Thursday and just like drove up there. And 
like in the last 10 minutes of the drive, I just felt God like kind of slap me in the face and being like, you're going to open a facility for people that, you know, struggle with mental health and you, you can use the creative arts to help people with those things. Because um, there are just a lot of studies that um, praise like music therapy or like art therapy or just, you know, things along those lines. And, um, you know, part of me is like, I don't want to do it because it's going to take a lot of work. And I don't really want to work hard because I worked hard in Southwestern and I'm working hard right now. And as nice as, you know, money can be, it's just not always it all the time. (laughs) So I think most people don't really want to work that hard. So it's just going to take a lot. And I know it's going to take a lot of overhead too. Part of the reason why I'm also working with Cardinal because a lot of overhead needs to be earned in the next couple of years. Um, But long-term, I, I'm probably going to end up, I'm discussing with one of my friends about being the president, because if I end up with someone that happens to be in the military, I'm going to be moving around a lot and can't always be present. Um, so um, discussing that with one of my friends, and I'll probably buy a slab of property near them in Nashville um, to where that we can actually end up running it together. Um, so that's my best friend from college. Her name's Kayla mm. Metzger. She never sold books, but she's the closest thing to a book woman that didn't sell books. Um, super BA. She works for like nonprofits and helps orphans out all around the world and just really awesome human being. Um, so she also, you know, is involved in music through her friends in the music school. And so, yeah, just the plan long-term is basically having like a giant playground for creative people. And so having like a, basically a warehouse size facility where it's like a membership that people can come in. And um, I don't mind talking about it because I don't think anyone's going to put in enough work to actually make my dream become true because it's like a lot of work. Got to buy yeah. property. And if they do, like you can still do it too. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be better. So, but yeah. planning on having like a couple of like probably like two music studios in there that people can book because like going and working in a studio is like a lot of money. Um, so having like a music, a couple of music studio people can work in, um, there might even just be a recording studio. Like if people want to make podcasts, they can do that. Um, having like painting options, having pottery options, having like bookshelves that people can just like go in and chill and read. And it's just like, mostly Mm. if you just like, don't want to be alone and just want to be around people, or maybe you don't want to even talk to anybody, but you just don't want to feel like trapped in your house or alone or like you know, maybe your thoughts are starting to take over some of your actions or just your thoughts are starting to eat away at your mind and like you don't feel like you can do anything. Like you can just come and chill out and play and hang out and have a good time and do something creative in the meantime if you want to or not or just hang out, whatever. Like have a dance studio in there where people could do yoga and, you know, dance yeah. or whatever the heck. So I love that. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I know I am. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the people that make this show possible, the people that bring this show to you. Uh, These are people who all sold books and we're here to give a quick shout out to them in the spotlight uh, about their company and what they're up to. So if you're interested or if after listening to this, you're kind of wanting to know a little bit more, feel free to click on the links below to connect with these people. Uh, These are from an expert, excerpt I have with them from a podcast that I do on the side. It's called executive exercises where we take all our sponsors and they come into a think tank and share some awesome ideas about how to grow their business specifically on different topics go check that out but i pulled some of the comments that they had explaining what they do and who they're looking for on their companies and so if that sounds like you like i said click below hope you enjoy 
That's so. okay. And actually, and this is good to, uh, I had Nick kind of explain this a little bit too, but it's in, cause I've been in the insurance industry before for people who are listening, like, how do you make 115% commission? The way I explain it to people is the insurance companies we represent. So we're a broker, all these companies we work with, they know they're not really going to be making any money off the sales that I make for the first several years, but they don't care right. about that. They, they know these clients are going to be on the books for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. So no, they know they're going to make money over the long haul. And so part of the reason agents are able to make so much is there's all these companies out here and they're all competing for, for my, the broker's business, because these companies don't actually have their own in-house sales force. They have independent contractors. And so if they're, if their compensation or their commission levels that they offer aren't competitive, I'm not going to place any business with them. Hero, hero, off schedule moment. Wanted to tell you about Southwestern Real Estate. They're 99% drama free, only 99, not 99.9. So it's a bit spicy. Kind of like this episode. Anyway, they will learn you to kick ass at real estate. So make sure you guys click a link below, get in touch with them. Okay, back to work. Bye. That'll do for now. Like I said, make sure you click below to get some more information. And now back to the show. There's um similar but not the same but there's a couple of connections that i, I gotta hook you up with just so you could kind of uh, maybe pick somebody's brain about do's and don'ts uh buddy my name uh taylor jones used to be my music show choir director um he's the one to help me prep my vocal uh audition so i could get into the music school at unl in the first place uh right. he created a place called create 308 and it's exactly kind of what you're saying but not with the not with the mental health aspect attached to it but more like the cool like the the ymca but for dancers musicians and like people who um want to work on like computer stuff as well and so kids show up and you pay membership and it's the dancing that they have going on and it's flourished amazingly and it's grown um probably so that's that's one and two um there's a place in lincoln it's a non-profit called the bay it's a coffee shop but the coffee shop it originally used to be like a skating rink and then they expand because a lot of kids would show up there after school to go skating, like it, like, like turnpikes and shit or whatever, like skateboarding, like type of stuff, indoor facility. And then they expanded and then they turned it into something similar with that, which was like kids can come and learn coding and they can come and learn guitar. They could come and learn painting. And it was all focused on like kids and so completely nonprofit. So it was really, it, I got both of those kinds of contacts. I mean, at the very least, just to be like, hey, how, what was the process like to even open up a facility like this? Because essentially what you want to do, but with, but you want to do it more attached to helping people develop out of um, a tough mental health position, which is increasingly more and more needed. So I don't know. I'll make sure. Yeah. yeah, shout out to y'all. And, and uh, I think it's really cool that you want to do that. Sweet shit. You're yeah, going to succeed so at this. I'm excited to see what it turns into. Five to or four to eight years we'll have the first one up running so that's the point and it'll be like episode a thousand? Like 700 at that one or something we marked it out that. yeah so we'll have it we have we have 24 per season and there's four seasons so it's about 96 nice. per year so yeah good stuff. exciting yeah so it's, that's that you know good <laughs> shit all right, yeah. let's go back to some of these pictures and just hear some more funny stories and then make sure we say the ponytails for the end. So this is normally what the rest of the episode looks like. You just talk about funny stuff that happened in the book field, if you're chill. Yeah, good stuff. I got the crewing so, story for the TV thing, too, if you want to hear that one. Crewing story for the TD? Oh, uh, the TV. TV. I took someone's TV 
instead of a payment for their book. Is that ponytails worthy or should we just go for it now? I mean, sure. Yeah. Um, not pony story worthy. Um, there was, uh, and by ponytails, hard. I don't mean our podcast. I mean like at the end of our podcast, that's when we have the ponytails. So it's, it's the best story. All of these stories are worth for the ponytails podcast. I just realized I could have made it sound like your stories aren't worthy for the show. Didn't mean oh like yeah. That. So, I got you. Yeah. I knew what you meant. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. You're good. No, sorry to be had. Um, so, uh, Barry Hart, he was a guest earlier on the show. Let's go Barry. Yeah. So Vivian, so each summer, honestly, after my second, well, there was one summer that I delivered primarily by myself and that was summer 2020, but every other summer I was having my back problems. And so I had people come and help me deliver. So Vivian Larson, shout out to Vivi. Um, dude, we have to get her and Trevor on. Are we doing couples again in February? We have to do that. Ten. Yeah, we got to do that. And they got to be one of them for sure. <laughs> but um, Vivian, she came out and helped me. I was like, hey, how would you like a free trip to Indiana? And she's like, sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, she loves traveling. But she came and I was like, oh, there's this alumni that wanted to meet up. Like, let's go get dinner with him. Barry showed that Barry's like the funniest guy around the block. And like, we're just like <laughs> this guy, man. Um, and he's just like telling us all these funny stories. And we had totally, we went to one of my um, customer's houses before and got like pretty shwasty with them <laughs> so we show up to this dinner with this alumni and we're like low-key like stressing out because we're like we're like not the most you know sober right now sober. And like we're showing up <laughs> to this meeting with this alumni like oh my gosh and then barry's a pharmaceutical like, company oh, yeah which is <laughs> like so funny and so we're sitting down and he's like yeah like um he told stories about like how when he was in texas like he would go back and like crew people and they wouldn't be like they'd be like we don't have the money and he'd be like all right well like, just give me your tv and they'd be like no 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 you can't take the tv and he's like well you owe me this much money how much is the tv worth give me the tv and they're like no 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 no, mr oh senior barry please don't take the tv oh my god <laughs> and so Vinny and i are just cracking up at dinner as he's telling us his story and Vivian's like, Nam, you got to try it. You got to try it. And I was like, if it comes up, I'll try it. And so it was like one of the last days I'd been in this lady's house two or three times and like just was not getting the money from her. And I'm like in there and like redemoing the books. One of her daughters like rips one of the stickers in there. And I'm like, now it's definitely your books. Like, you know, yeah, like, you're buying these. Sorry. Like, definitely your books so i was like okay well like what's really positive you already put this much down on the books so there's only like a hundred and like six dollars left on the books like what can we do and she's like coming up with all these things like i don't have this i don't have that and i was like all right well like what about the tv <laughs> she's like well there's a tv behind it that's smaller i was like how much is it worth she's like i bought it from walmart for a hundred dollars and i was like all right, I'll take the TV. I was like, it still works. My dumb butt forgot to get the remote, by the way. But I got yes. her TV. And so I was like, <laughs> thanks for the TV. I took the TV home. I didn't use it for, I had it all last year. 
for like nine months i was like i don't know what to do this tv i forgot the remote like she gave me the plugs and everything but i forgot to get the remote and so i just had this tv but now ben uses it as his like computer monitor so it yeah, worked out great. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out so all I for some movies bro yeah i crewed this lady and i i took her tv so you owed me good money. old crew good old crewing some people listening might not remember what crewing is uh uh calm them down re-demo explain, explain your situation and work, work out, out a way work out a way we're gonna work this yeah. out ron alfred has the the textbook on how to crew mm-hmm. that's that's he did textbook. the training videos yeah. for southwestern for crewing. crewing yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like yeah. it was like his thing very funny for sure yeah Great, great yeah. job. Go check out that episode. What's this? It's a car in the ditch. Oh, I just like, I just think car problems on the book field are just common and kind of comical at times. So this Absolutely. is one of the many car problems I had. This is when I was using my parents' car. I told them, I was like, hey, I'll pay your car payment if you let me take your car. And they're like, okay. That's genius. My, oh my God, my that's so genius. I, isn't it great? Yeah. That's really it's like instead of renting a car, it's like my parents have this car payment and they usually just use one car anyway. So like, let me take the other car and I'll pay your car payment. And they're like, perfect. And, and I ended up using it for a year after. They're like, we <laughs> love not paying this car off. <laughs> like, you know, like, we love it. So yeah, I was pulling out of a driveway and it was one of those driveways, like their grass was clearly overgrown. So I was trying to pull out and it didn't work. And then I think the next picture is just like hillbilly dude. Um, that's him like, oh, I'll just pull your car out. He's got like the, co- he had a collar around his neck with a chain. And he's just like this, like probably like a buck, a buck t- 15. Like this guy did not weigh a lot of weight. And he's just like, Soaking I'll just wet. take my, he takes his belt off. That's his belt next to the rug there. I see that. Yeah, so he takes his belt off and he's looping the belt, his personal belt, around the back of the car, like the pipe underneath or whatever, to link it to his car to pull me out of the ditch. It worked, but I was just like, "What this is, in is Kentucky? going on right now?" This was in this was had this was Indiana too. This was actually my third summer, so I worked in Indiana three times. So Rough. yeah, it was. Kentucky, Indiana, then Wisconsin, Indiana, Missouri, Indiana. So Misery. I would like to never go back to Indiana for the rest of my life. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. So I just thought this was funny and I still have these pictures. This is a cat on my longboard because, again, I longboarded my first summer. <laughs> Hell and yeah. Look at that cat. Hi. Are you, the, are, you the, are you the kitty of the house? what up are you the kitty in the house no <laughs> this is so, so funny cute. yeah so the guy got you out with his belts which is i mean honestly if you told people this story they wouldn't believe it but as a book person i'm like yep yep makes sense yeah jesus turned this water just, into wine um you know how old it, people just like always have stuff on their porch dude so odd so odd I, right yeah yeah so like you know when you see one of these geese that it's an old person house. You 100%. Like that flagpoles, you know, they say don't judge the house, but if you got three strikes on your house, AKA like a flagpole, a bird feeder, and like a goose, 
I'm your crossing own. your house off as a non-prospect. Like, yeah, I'll check with the neighbors to make sure I'm right, but I'm always right. <laughs> so and yeah, the signs don't lie, people. The signs it, don't lie. They say don't prejudge the houses. I did the three strike rule though. It's kind of like the yeah, I know what you mean. Where it's yeah. like if they tell you no three times from the pre-approach side of things, it's not your prospect. Yeah. Um but it's this kinda like... had a braid and I had a braid that day. So I thought it was a really good idea to take a picture because the goose and I were matching. You have to. Um yeah. I'm gonna share I'm gonna share some bookfield memories with you. Um do it. Look at this. Look at this. The full oh, core. Oh, that's a five. No, that was a there. five book. It was a five book. They didn't Please. need the honors book. They had a 10-year-old. But really cool mom, still friends with her on Facebook. Um that was my first five book I sold. That was toward the end of my first summer. I always wore tie-dye on Tuesdays every single summer for five years. I still, when I work with Cardinal, I have these nice like tie-dye pants that are like kind of nice looking, business casual. So I always wear tie-dye on Tuesdays. It's a thing. It's an important thing actually. Marvelous Mondays, you gotta like wear like red, you know, and like Marvel shirts to the gym, tie-dye Tuesday wankful wednesday thankful thursday like alex soto used to call me in the morning she'd be like it's wankful wednesday what are you wanking it to today naomi (laughs) i'm like you know the hot dads i run into (laughs) so many hot dads so many hot dads you know it's interesting indiana has a lot of hot dads and they're not like necessarily married to like really attractive women you're just like what are you doing Look at me. My tie-dye. Your tie-dye. <laughs> Amy's really zooming in on there. <laughs> yeah. If we can avoid showing some children, that'd be great. But Oh, yeah. I don't know what the deal is with YouTube. There's your frog. That was a frog. Right. I zeroed that day, too. Because I picked up I'm going to show you something. Um, Amy, can you share? Let me share my screen. Because you made me think of this. Because I, I got it. I can share my screen from here. Um this Amy's is from our producer if people don't know yeah post some stuff up if you can all right i would like i always like to take pictures of uh of really interesting mailboxes people had like this one <laughs> that's a fun thing to do <laughs> so i had that and i try to get as creative as i could with their pictures Aww, dude you look like danny narvaez in that picture the bad the last one he looks like me Oh, the dolphin! Uh, what a cutie! The dolphin, and then look at look how over edited these these pictures are. It's great. We sold in Massachusetts. There's a there's a, there's this mailbox. Look at this mailbox. What? That is such a cool mailbox. Right. I have never seen a mailbox like that. <laughs> I went to go knock on a door, and I look over, about to get out of my car, and this dog's just chilling. He's like, yep. "What are you doing here?" And I was like, "What oh. are you doing here?" I what, I what are you dog doing? That jumped like five feet high. I was like astounded. I was like, "Can you make your dog do it again? Can you make him do it again?" It's so cool. <laughs> wow, this we're like way back. Thing. We're yeah, way, back way back in look, the look. Instagram feed. Here, here's my summer. Here's my third summer. I pulled up in the middle of the countryside in Pennsylvania <laughs> and just see this shit, and I'm like, "Wow, someone's gotten like sacrificed here." <laughs> was, these I are all have... the children that were sacrificed here. Yeah. Sounds out right. But, what were you doing? Were you jumping in the air? For, oh, you're the yeah, ball. I, I didn't even see the soccer ball. 
doing that a backflip. It was the 2014 World Cup. I got so off schedule at that house. I went horseback riding at this house. Nice. It was awesome. That's a good time, though. You Philly, know, money Philly comes and go, but, but experiences, they last forever. That's right. Look at this dog. So, anyway, these, it, you just made me think of... Uh, oh, you just Aww. made me think of... That's my little cousin. You made me think of uh, these funny stories with, with like... The, the funny shit that you see on people's porches you're just like what who buys this yeah 100 percent. you're just like what what, what you were saying earlier when you were talking about like that when people have certain things on their porch you can tell 100 they're old it's it reminds mm -hmm. me of that commercial is it progressive where he's like we're trying to avoid you from becoming your parents <laughs> and it's like the guy needs like when you start doing things that your parents do he's like no 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 no, no. yeah you know what i'm saying that's one of them where it's like if you are buying the third item that's similar to this or that is in like if and you think to yourself this looks cool you're old like you know it might be a good strategy if you want like book people to stay away you just put a lot of old people stuff <laughs> but like, then, on your porch but, but then cardinal people just show up <laughs> yeah but then cardinal people show up and they're like the you need life insurance <laughs> you got so good at that you walk around neighbors going these are my people now I literally showed up to lead card like I think it was last week and there's like a bunch of little kids toys outside and I was like this looks like 30 year olds live here with babies and I like knock on the door and some mom with like a this kid he's like hey what you doing and I was like I'm here for this person and they're like yeah we get their mail all the time like they don't live here anymore and I was like okay cool no worries I was like yeah it's all the kids toys been doing this job long enough that I didn't think that there was an old person here <laughs> I was like this if I was selling books, like an old lady. this would be great, but I'm not. Yeah. If you need some mufus, hit me up. If you need some mufus. I got some people you can call. <laughs> All right, Amy, do we got a second batch of pictures here from Nam Jam? Dude, this is fun. I'm having a blast. Thanks for being here, Amy. I'm, yeah. This is so fun. Glad we're finally doing my episode. This is Christian Bess, if nobody knows Christian Bess. I love really Christian. Cool. We need to get him on the show. Yeah, I agree. Dude, Christian's the best. Later. Christian um, Bess is so um, I lived with Christian, Martin Polipiak, and Devin Pugsley my third summer for the last like three weeks of the summer. Um, and Christian and I somehow were just talking one night. He's like, yeah, I haven't deposited any of my cash from all summer. I was like, oh, shit. where are you keeping your cash, man? He's like, you know, in my dog kit. I'm like, oh my gosh. Then we oh, go in the bathroom and he just pulled out like a stack of cash, probably like this big. So then we're just like messing around <laughs> with it obviously <laughs> so we're just like messing around with it like taking dumb pictures together but that was in the in the basement of the hq that's <laughs> that was a good looking time. like looking like drug dealers exactly yep great like, there it is again books. there it is again mo money <laughs> i actually had to like i had a whole bank fiasco that like you know how they used to make you get the uh what are they called the money orders yeah like the cashier so yeah, so I went my third summer to go get my money orders to like go turn in and everything. And Melanie's like, oh no, they're not doing money orders anymore. I'm like, why didn't they tell anyone? So then I had to go back to the bank and I had to go turn stuff in, but then they just gave me straight hundreds. So I was like, I, I'm going to take a fan picture with these hundies. <laughs> like, Let's go. That's at least yeah. 2,500 bucks, probably more. Uh, No. I count yeah. at least 20 yeah. bills. Probably. But some of them probably stacked on top of each other. So. Yeah, for sure. It's got to be like 2500 or 3000 Total flex. Like this should have gone on your Tinder when you were single. Out of total minutes. What <laughs> the fuck? Everyone would, thought, everyone would have thought I was dealing drugs or something. <laughs> Match. Match. <laughs>
So after I totaled my car, I don't know if there are car total pictures in this batch that I sent, but this was the new car I bought my fourth summer. So I bought That's Danny nice. Narvaez's. Thanks. It's Momo. I still own Momo. He's a great. That's a car. nice car, yo. Damn. Yeah. Got him for like. 13,000 and he had 64,000 miles on him. Oh, that's a great deal, especially nowadays. Holy shit. What? So, is this 2020? Yeah, it was like 12 or 13 grand. So, it was very positive. This was 2020. Yeah. So, I bought Danny Narvaez's. Remember how I said my parents let me use their car that whole year after that summer? So, then I bought Danny Narvaez's old car, which was, it probably had like 200,000 miles on it. I bought it for like, a thousand five hundred or something, if that. And half of the fan money you had in the last picture. <laughs> half of the fan money I had in the last picture. And then like week four or five four, I like totaled it. Five. Because actually I didn't total it. A deer hit me. So I the didn't deer totaled the deer. himself. The yeah. So I'm like driving on this, they called them black tops in Missouri, which is just a road that's paved. Yeah, yeah. You know. It's a black and, top. Oh, yeah. I'm from the Midwest. We know. Ting. Yeah. So I'm driving on this black top and the corn was actually like, you know how there's typically probably like anywhere from three to six feet before you get to the cornfield? Oh, yeah. The corn was a, like a foot away from the road. Yeah, so like, like back roads, Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm driving and this deer just comes out of the corn and just takes out my transmission. And I was like, I was on my way to this night appointment. I like put put over to the night appointment and they're like, oh, we're actually not interested. And I was like, my car for you. (laughs) You know what this cost me? Yeah. I had this rookie following me and like, she's like crying about her emotions. And then we hit a deer and then I was like, and so I like, start, I'm like, okay, well, I think it's okay because I drove to this night appointment, so we should be okay. So I started driving back to the HQ, and then the engine light comes on. And I was like, we're not okay. So I like pulled over. I called my host family dad, and I was like, hey, I need, I'm getting my car towed. They just need cash. I was gonna pay for car with card, but they need cash. All my cash is in your house. And he's like, okay, where do I go to get the cash? I'll come and pick you up. And I was like, okay, cool, thanks. Coolest host dad ever. His name is Mike Lilly. The chapels actually lived with Mike Lilly. Um, their first child's name is Quincy because they live in Quincy, Illinois. And Jessica got pregnant there. <laughs> so I don't know if you knew that story. But I, I, I might have known this. I might have known this, but I'm excited to have them as a couple next 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 month. Yeah, now it's publicly on the air. So now they get to know that. But the Lilly's, um, he came he's like on the phone with me and he's like, okay, where's the cash? And I was like, so I brought my flute. It's in my flute case in the desk. He's like, okay. So you like go downstairs and he opens it. He's like, Naomi, whatever your middle name is, Kaufman. Because there's probably like six grand in cash in my flute case. <laughs> like just a lot of money. He's like, why do you have so much cash? And I was like, I'm selling books. Because then when, when people I are stupid Christian, in Missouri, they need these damn books, bro. Come on. I'm saying. Come on, Mr. Like, Lily. <laughs> come on, Mr. Lily. Because when I found out Christian didn't deposit any of his cash, I was like, well, if Christian doesn't do it, must be okay. 
So it's not. If you're selling books right now and listening, go deposit your cash. Go deposit your cash. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially if you're a rookie, go deposit Especially your cash. Special if you're a rookie, go deposit your cash for the love of God. Hundred percent. Keep keep so, keep enough for expenses, but then everything else remit for the love of God. Please do. Don't, please remit. Yeah. Don't be stupid. That's how we yeah. get the horror stories. That's the biggest. Really. You can't come back from that one. hundred percent. Do it. So he grabs like $250 or however much it is, comes pick us up. My car's toast. So then he helps me buy a new car. So I bought this car um, like the day after. Like I went in and then two guys, two of the salesmen at the dealership bought, actually three. Um, and nice. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, it sucked. And, but then, they it bought. and then they Total bought. ponies. Total <laughs> ponies. So the guy who dealt, um, who I bought the car from, bought a cookbook because he had no kids or grandkids. And then the guy that was like the head honcho at the place, he bought an adventure library. So that's the day I went to Iowa because he was actually in Iowa. And so I delivered the books in Iowa. So I got to check it off of one of my 50 states. Um, I'm trying go. to hit all 50 states by the time I'm 30. I'm at 38 right now. So I got 12 more left and I'm 24 right now. So. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and then the other guy bought, but he almost didn't buy. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I need to like talk to my wife. And one of the other guys in the car dealership was like, oh, hey, man, what's that? Is that, is that your balls rolling on the floor? <laughs> like, you need to pick those up, man. And then he bought. Because <laughs> he was like, I guess I don't need to check with my wife. <laughs> just buy books for your kids. <laughs> just because your coworker's questioning your manhood. <laughs> like, <laughs> Pressure. That's no buying atmosphere. That's some straight up bullying into it. But you didn't do it, so it's all good. He yeah, yeah, 100%. Year. So he bought two. They both bought Adventure Libraries. So it was a good time. Yeah. Or I think he bought a half, but still, he spent like $300. So that was nice. So yeah, that was that was that new car that I got. I love Momo. More cash. Just every summer, I was like, let's just pull Christian. And so I came just to my room because I like... Hold on your cash. Yeah, Vivian was in my room helping me deliver. And obviously, I'm exhausted because my eyes are shut in this picture. The more tired I get, the more toxins I get in my body. My Asian genes come through, so you can't see my eyeballs. <laughs> but I was like, look at my money. <laughs> but you get smarter, right? You... Definitely. <laughs> okay. Listen, 100%. some people would be like, that's racist. But it's like, honestly, if I was if I was Asian and people knew me for being smart, I'd take it. Listen, I'm Colombian. I get If I have cocaine every other day. So fuck off with this. <laughs> I have all yeah, man. Um, and then my dad actually came and helped me deliver my books for one or two days my last summer. So I always thought about like flying my mom up to help me. But then my dad was like, I'll come to Indiana because he's from Indiana. So my dad took this picture because I was like, well, I don't have any deliveries to make right now. So I'm going to like, I'm going to go cold knock. And he's like, okay, I'll stay in the car. And so he's like, how he's like, wild. He was like, you just walk up you don't care about anything i was like yeah like uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so he like took this picture and he was just like okay so he took this picture of me so i thought that was funny because that's like a this typical like thing that's that's what you see on the book field so as you can this see all my, my car is decorated yep that's yeah, a sit yeah. down zoom in zoom in, okay. on this. zoom in on this amy if you can there's the amgm fat this on... person is you see how fat they are yeah solid 400 yeah. pounds <laughs> no doubt that chair is having a hard time um yeah 
that's crazy look at that this is if you want to see in the wild a book person this is this is it people think it's like oh you get to sit in the house and it's air conditioned and everything's tidy across the kitchen table and everybody's nice nah this is it right here this is a sit down <laughs> right here this is you are on the money you're on schedule right here this is you're, you're crushing it <laughs> heck yeah that's me. I was not getting a smoothie. <laughs> the number of sit-downs I've had on driveways while people just chilled in the shade. Yeah, and then yeah. they bought. And then you're sweating like the whole time. Yeah. Actually, these ones did not buy, but I thought it was a good oh. picture of like what the book field looks like, you know. Yeah, this is it. The people, again, this is like that's the house. Uh, and and that's but the house? Th- what I'm saying is like that house could equally have bought. Like you don't know what yeah. they look like. You want to start judging homes where it's like, oh, they have a nicer porch. Or their lawns more mowed than the other. Nope. It, honestly, the only homes you judge life. are the ones with old people shit in the yard, yeah, because then you're wasting your goose. time. Yeah, with three gooses, with, with three geese. Yeah. It's my but second yeah, language. Let's, let's, let's down. You gotta love it. I, we should. Yeah, I don't know if I spent more. This baby was so cute. They bought the adventure right. library and then a five book, so they probably spent like two grand. Just but, on top. Oh man, I forgot the prices went up. That was only like eight hundred bucks when I was selling. Yeah, well, the adventure library I think is about six hundred dollars. No, uh, like my last summer that I sold. Yeah. It was three fifty. My I first mean, it's summer. still twenty six books. So like, I think that's with taxes and shipping too. So six hundred divided by twenty six. Right, yeah, it was still twenty three dollars a book. That's not bad, right? No, it's not. But it was three forty nine after taxes. Like I had. Oh wow. Uh, and then Talk the five set. Yeah, and the five, the four set was four hundred and twenty, and then the six set was six eighty after tax. So if they bought everything plus the CA, it was like twelve hundred bucks. So that was my big, and I had a couple of them. Oh wow! My, yeah, my career, yeah. Nice. Big, yeah, you, I just thought she was cute. Oh, so this is a customer those... that Vivian and I got pretty messed up at before we went to Barry Hart's dinner. <laughs> You gotta love I don't it. know how much I'll promote this on my social media. Maybe people won't listen this long in the episode. Maybe hopefully my mom doesn't. They were growing it. Mary Jane in their cornfield. Is that like the one the you took a shit on? <laughs> Give it No, better. it's not the one I took a shit in. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Give it a better better bud. Yeah, so we just we all had a good time together. It was a, it was a good time. So yeah, we don't even know what was, happened. Their dog's name was Kush. And so when I sold them the books, actually her mom bought half of the library and they bought the other half of the library. <laughs> and so their dog's name was Kush. And I was like, yo, your dog's name is Kush? Like, that's hilarious. I I guess you guys like Kush, huh? He's like, yeah. Well, Check yeah, out no the cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> so they were really fun. They're really cool people. So it was a good time. But that's yeah, awesome. It's legal in Indiana by now, so. I tried this test. This might be a little too TMI, but I tried this test of like, I wondered if I like sold more or less books wearing a bra or not. (laughs) (laughs) Same, actually. Same. So like my last summer, I, I, uh, Andres, I hated my life my last summer. I just, I did. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to why you left and then we'll close it. But yeah, it was like it was a whole thing. So I just this had is when you had the test myself. So I was like, all right, well, like I wonder, like I'm all of them are dirty. Like I won't wear one today. We'll see what happens. I produced like the exact same of my normal amount. It was like makes 
makes no difference, I guess. <laughs> did, you get, <laughs> I like, did you get less dad objections though? Did you notice that? You know, I did. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> that actually be an interesting, like, I'm not saying people should go find this out, but I would have been curious to see if like the dads are less resistant on those days. Cause you know, sometimes you get those dads that they're like, you're giving me extra objections. Your wife's totally into it. And your kids for sure are going to use this. Like you can, you know, when you, you know, when the kids like, this is sweet, I know. And then the dad's still being. Like, what? <laughs> I couldn't be like that. (laughs) I'm sorry, you. What was that? (laughs) Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I know I am. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the people that make this show possible, the people that bring this show to you. Uh, These are people who all sold books, and we're here to give a quick shout out to them in the spotlight uh, about their company and what they're up to. So if you're interested or after listening to this, you're kind of wanting to know a little bit more, feel free to click on the links below to connect with these people. Uh, these are from an expert excerpt I have with them from a podcast that I do on the side. It's called Executive Exercises, where we take all our sponsors and they come into a think tank and share some awesome ideas about how to grow their business specifically on different topics. Go check that out. But I pulled some of the comments that they had explaining what they do and who they're looking for on their companies. And so if that sounds like you, like I said, click below. Hope you enjoy. That's okay. And actually, and this is good to, uh, I had Nick kind of explain this a little bit too, but because I've been in the insurance industry before for people who are listening, like, how do you make 115% commission? The way I explain it to people is the insurance companies we represent. So we're a broker. All these companies we work with, they know they're not really going to be making any money off the sales that I make for the first several years, but they don't care about that. They, They know these clients are going to be on the books for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. So no, they know they're going to make money over the long haul. And so part of the reason agents are able to make so much is there's all these companies out here and they're all competing for, for my, the broker's business, because these companies don't actually have their own in-house sales force. They have independent contractors. And so if they're, if their compensation or their commission levels that they offer aren't competitive, I'm not going to place any business with them. Oh, let's get off schedule one last time. Go watch a movie or maybe you should figure out how to work at Enlight Energy. Alex Black is crushing it down there and a former DSM, Julio Hernandez are both running this company and man, they are cranking 10 people on their team and growing. It's enough that uh, Alex only has to sell like one thing every other week and make over six figures. So if you want to learn more about that and maybe help change the planet, click on the link below. That'll do for now. Like I said, make sure you click below to get some more information. And now back to the show. You know, it's funny. So Zane, Zane Gallagher, right? Um, we're doing this arbitrage thing with Braxton and he goes in the Wells Fargo branch and he's like opening his bank accounts to do the arbitrage stuff. And um, he's like, yeah, Naomi, this like bank teller was just like such a butthead. Like, I just like, I just told him I wanted these prime accounts. He wouldn't give them to me. I was like, well, Zane, why did you go to a male teller first off? I'm like, you're a cute dude. Sometimes it's just the world we live in, but sometimes you just got to use what you got. So just go to female tellers in the future. And flex, bro. Flex. Yeah, I was like, just flex, man. <laughs> so yeah, this was that was that family. They were really cool. Crazy kids, for sure. That was my last summer. That was my fifth summer. So yeah. I still hit growth. Um, that was a good time. Um, new beginnings, because I knew I was leaving. And I was like, let's so, have some new beginnings. <laughs> so, so let's talk about white well. I also wanted to do the story about when I first met you because that's, I think, worth – I mean, we talked about this last time, but it's really funny to me still how I first met you. And then I wanted to go into how why you left Southwestern. 
you do you mind I just, i'll tell the story if you want to but yeah no tell the story of how we first met and i'll tell you why i left so this is funny so i thought it was just funny to show this right here i think highlights how the book world and network kind of works but long story short seth hood and i were hanging out in lincoln nebraska and this is right straight during the pandy this is like december 2020 and it's like cold and seth hood is the kind of person that he's an amazing book guy from the standpoint of he's amazing at solving problems finding the positives and just making it work happen Um, from the standpoint of having a plan and being ahead of the game and just having a solid like strategy set up uh, I don't know about now, two years later, but back then, you know, was still growing in that department. What I mean by that is he goes, oh, shit, he's over my house. We're just playing like some board games. And he goes, I need to get to Salt Lake City by tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, set the, the, like the interstates are icy. It's been snowing all week. <laughs> you don't even have a flight set up. No, his car was broken. And his car was broken. And I'm like, Seth, how long have you been wanting to make this trip? He goes like, oh, I don't know, like. Since checkout, <laughs> you're just not trying to figure this out. Yeah. And I shit you not, as we're talking about this, you, you get a call from Nam Jam and, or Kimmy, one of you two. And you guys are taking a road trip from Orlando to Salt Utah. Lake City, Utah. <laughs> and this is at like 11 in the morning or early in the early afternoon, maybe one or two in the afternoon. And you're like, hey, what's up? Uh, we're just driving through. We're going to be going through Nebraska because that's on the way to Utah. Uh, so we wanted to see if we could hang out with you and maybe have a place to crash. And I have never met you. I know Kimmy vaguely through like we've met a couple of times in person, but it's not like I've had a conversation with Kimmy. Yeah. In any expensive we, form. we were going to say at Kelsey Kilpatrick's and she's like, if you want to hang out with people, Seth and Andres are in town. Yeah. I was like, well, I know Seth. I'll hang out with Seth. And so, and we didn't know each other. Like it was, I mean, again, so Seth's like, uh, you can come here. And I was like, of course, both people are coming through. You need a place to crash for the night. You're driving through. I'm like, yeah, fucking come on over. And then at that moment, Seth's like, hey, where are you going again? And you're like, Utah. And he goes, by tomorrow. And I, I just look at Seth. And I'm like, dude, this is how the world of book people work. It's just <laughs> a fucking course. A Hail Mary miracle. You had <laughs> yeah. no business calling. Like, you could have totally not let us know that you were coming into town. You could have totally stayed at Kelsey's. We would have never known. Maybe you would have got dinner. Maybe. Maybe. But you call when Seth and I are talking specifically. My He's roommates like are going Collins out of town. Crickets, I think. Yeah. Looking. And I'm like, well, there you go. Just ride with them. And it, you just come through. You stay at my house. We have a blast. It was so funny. At this point, the podcast had already started. So we were talking about like how we were just talking to people about selling books. Sort of. This is a very early. Like we were three episodes in at this point. Meredith Gardner had just recorded, and you're like, "Watch yeah. this!" And like we're all like, "Not." No. <laughs> we're all just like really tired. Kenzie fell asleep. We go get Taco Bell. I was like, I just want to eat Taco Bell right now. <laughs> It was. I had my first snow just, cone with you with yeah. the Mio. So for people who don't know, it had like we. I was living in a second floor. It was like a two-story apartment, type, kind of. Long story short, on our porch, it had snowed like the way that the building was set up. It had snowed like a total of probably maybe twenty inches that 
that time that night but like because of where we were situated it, it was up to like the top of the door so you would literally open our porch door i don't know if you remember this and up to like your chest was covered in snow on my porch and so we just go out there and just grab a scoop oh what a time what a time bro bro yeah. i loved it great oh, times so it was yeah, good. So little did we know. Had. Little did we know. Yeah, right. We'd end good up job. partying in Bizzler and chilling out on this podcast. Look how far we've come, both of us. Yeah, we've worked together for over a year now, you know? Now I live in Portland. I'm married. Crazy. Wild. You're crushing good it time. in life. Good shit, girl. Um, all right. Why'd you leave? Tell me, you were talking about, you referred to this a little bit earlier, you alluded to this with the Kool-Aid and the drinking of the Kool-Aid and kind of realizing you needed to kind of step back a little bit. Um, talk to me through this and then we can go into some ponytails. Yeah. So, okay. What was the order of events? So I recruited my tail off. My John Stewart was coaching me that last semester of recruiting that I did um, and I was actually like kind of crushing it um, unfortunately my show percentage to sales school was not terrific um, however I was definitely like crushing it in the spring and you know went to GRS2 where I was like oh you're so great because you're producing <laughs> as Rao does she's like if you're producing you're my star child if you're not then don't like me <laughs> I'm just kidding but we love Rao <laughs> actually I I grew in a ton of respect for Rao um as like the years went on um and we got to build our relationship a little bit more so I respect that man a crap ton he's awesome um but he definitely you know, when you produce more in a sales industry, you get more attention. <laughs> That's just how it is. Um, it has nothing to do with bras or no bras. It has to do with straight up production. Correct. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, there was just, well, one, a lot of drama going on. I had broken up with my ex, um, my best friend at the time. She gave me an ultimatum of like, well, um, you know, I can't be friends with you if you're going to be friends with this person. So you need a pick. And I was like, that's just kind of messed up. I don't do that. I'm sorry. Um, sorry, not sorry, but like, that's just not, I think how, you know, like, I don't think that's a Christ-like thing for me to make a decision like that. And, you know, that's when people give you ultimatums, like they're just giving you the answer. You know what I mean? Um, and so there was that. So like I lost my long-term relationship, which I mean, ended up being okay. Because, I mean, I broke up with him, so it's fine. Um, and then, but it was still like, you know, removing someone that's been in your life for a very long time. Then my best friend at the time kind of fired me as their best friend. And then I, uh, meanwhile, I was like still trying to like grind and hustle. And there's just a lot of life stuff going on. And then I... I kind of just had like a mental breakdown. Um, I think it was like a Saturday or Sunday and I had called my, uh, my DSM and I was just like, Hey, like, I just need to express this to you. Like, I don't know if this is my last summer. I don't know if this is like, you know, maybe I'll be around, but like you have me as in 
as an OL and like they had created this rule that like if you're an OL you have to come back the following summer however I don't think that they always followed that rule because there were some people that were probably it felt as if on my perspective that there were more favorites and so even if that was a rule it didn't apply to everybody right but I knew that that was kind of a thing that they talked about so I was like well let me at least communicate and do the right thing on my end that like I don't know if I'll be around for two more years and um my DSM had just assured me of like no Naomi like um it's okay like you know I trust your ability to like be in OL like you're gonna crush it like it's fine like I believe in you all these things and then the next day my name was taken off the OL sheet and my co-ol um was put as the ol so you actually usually get org pay and so i kind of got my pay docked and then but more importantly because i didn't even know that until after the summer more importantly i felt as if the words of i believe in you and it's gonna be okay were not put to action or were empty right for people listening to this story who might not know what that means for org pay is your first summer, you're just you, you're worried about your sales. Your second summer, you are worried about your sales, sales and then anybody else you might have brought along, usually one or two people, sometimes 10, but you're trying to help them succeed. But then by the third summer, you have other managers who are also in your org or organization, as we call it. And that's a group of like 20 to 30 people. So it's your team plus another manager's teams plus another manager's team. And that's kind of the group of people that you mainly meet on Sundays with throughout the summer. Um, and typically, there's an org leader that essentially gets paid uh, depending on how well that org does for the summer. And there's like a scale slider thing. We'd have to get into the details. But the point is, it is a pay cut. And it's, and it's also a strong statement in saying you are no longer a leader with our organization. We're going to give that to someone else who can commit to more summers, which also feels a little um, betrayal-ish, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, or it feels a little backstabbing it just didn't feel good no, yeah especially yeah. From coming from people who are your leaders that you look up to who are your mentors and, and then you put in a lot of blood sweat and tears yeah. into four summers job. before this yeah you've cried you've hurt you've you've you know you bled literally you yeah. shit on cornfields you shit on cornfields yeah wiped your ass with corn leaves come on yo. yeah 100 percent and so then I was like, okay, well, this definitely doesn't make me feel good. Let me go and communicate with my DSM about how I feel because that hurt my feelings. Like I, you know, and so I sat down with them and I was like, hey, I want to schedule a meeting with you. Da, da, da. And of course, like to the benefit of their doubt, like they had a lot going on with the, with the sales school stuff being changed and their child went to the emergency room like a couple days prior. So benefit of the doubt, they may have not been as present with me on the phone, but I truly believe if you're a DSM and you claim that you are, you know, there for your people, when you're on the phone with your people, that person you're on the phone with is the most important person in the world yeah. for that 30 minutes. And they preach that even when you're selling books. <laughs> like, right. Mom is the most important thing. That family is the most important thing, no matter what's going on in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. You kind of so like, that's have not a, to learn. unreasonable that's not unreasonable for you to expect given that that's what they coach and teach for a sales process. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So then I was like, Hey, like I saw that this happened. This is how this made me feel. And they came back with at me with, well, like a title just like, shouldn't be like what you tie yourself worth to. 
and not so, the right thing to say. Yeah, I don't think that's the exact verbiage, but it was it was very much like, well, a title shouldn't be. It's like a title shouldn't be like how you find yourself successful or how you deem yourself like a good human being. Like, you know what I mean? But they were blaming it on like the title and me attaching myself to the title. And I was like, sure. I mean, like I've worked for years to get here and like other people have gotten here faster because of opportunities given. And like, I've just like, you know, you said you believed in me and like, now I just feel like the actions don't line up, you know, and that just, that makes, rubs me wrong. And here I am uh, trying to communicate this with you and you just come back out with me that it's my fault. So in also. That- also, it's suspicious that it's this is coming right after I told you I don't want to come back for another summer. <laughs> like maybe what you're saying is true, but optically it doesn't feel like that because if I hadn't said anything about me coming back until the end of the summer, would this be happening right now? Probably right. not, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, well, in that instant, that moment, I was like, I'm effing done. I'm done. So that's when I knew that I was not coming back. So, and then what point of the summer is this, or what point of the? This uh, was in April before we left for the Still, summer. So this was right before twenty twenty one. Yeah, no. Um, then I went to sales school, and then my coel and I, we both had not a large enough org. It was going to be like thirteen people, which I was trying to convince them to let us run an org anyway, because there are plenty of orgs that do only have like thirteen people. Like a lot of European orgs do that. Yeah, and they just like weren't having it, so they merged me my org with a different org, and I just like, um, I'm driving to sales school. I'm like, okay, well, like, let's have a positive attitude about this. Like, this is all that. Like, this is just the cards and how they were dealt. So, like, all you can do is all you can do, whatever. I'm driving to sales school. I have a phone call with the other OL I'm going to be working with, and I hop on the phone. I'm like, hey, like, so excited to work with you. Like, this is gonna be great. We're gonna have so many top producers, and they're like, yeah, hundred percent. But first, like, I need to talk to you. And I was like, okay. Like, I'm still mad at you for you gossiping about me when you, like, after your rookie summer. And I was like, I'm sorry. I did not know that this was a thing. Like, could you mind explaining (laughs) to me what's going on? From 2017? had COVID for a year. What are you doing? 2017. (laughs) This is why, like, I don't get females as much. Like, I have three guy roommates. Like, most of my friends are dudes. Like, I just, like, females, like, I don't know what we're bred with, but we're kind of crazy. So I was like, (laughs) so I'm on the phone with her, and I was like, okay, like, what's going on? She's like, well, like, you just, like, talked crap about me about like treating certain people a certain way. And it was because I felt that person was kind of like mean to my ex-boyfriend that I at the time was dating. So I had verbalized this to someone else. And yes, should I have gone directly to the person? Of course, but was I 19? Yes. Was this five, four years ago? Yes. Did I know people were capable of holding on to things for that long? No. You were trying then, to just do your best after getting shit on Wazza yeah. Walker for three summer or three months. And we've yeah. also been in uh, the same like district organization together for four years. We went on a mission trip. Like you didn't think about bringing this up to me until we were running an award together. Like what? Like I didn't even know you were mad at me. <laughs> like you know what I mean. 
So I don't know if it was like a subconscious level, but I just felt as if like this person more was just really kind of had it in for me for that summer. And I don't even think it was a hundred percent conscious. Cause I don't think like on a conscious level, that person would try and do that. But I think something subconscious is going on in the background of like, Naomi's a threat. Naomi's not like, you know, not to be trusted, not to be trusted, all these things. Right. And so it just like, I, I lived like my first week I had this B contract or all that. I was really trying to help and she had mental health problems. And she was like, Naomi, like, it's kind of like disheartening when you're super positive. And I was like, okay, I'll be less positive. And then they, she went to the OL and was like, Naomi's just really negative. And I was like, there's no pleasing anyone right now. What is going on? And so luckily that summer I was working with Steven Kamika and he was really my only like friend in solitude that entire summer. But like, I just, you know, I had Austin Souders like coaching me and I was like trying to like help the org out and it would just be like, well, no, well, no, no. And then they would take like two days to figure out a new HQ situation. And they'd be like, all right, here, Naomi, this is a HQ situation. If you can find something better in the next five minutes, we'll do it. And I'm like, you just worked on this for two whole days. You're going to give me five minutes to come up with something better for my living situation. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I was living with rough. three walkers. You know what I mean? It was just like three walkers, a B contract with mental health problems that I was genuinely like really i asked for that person to be in my org and i asked for that person to live with me so that i could try and help and then it was in the background i was not necessarily being spoken about positively and it ended up just being like okay one keep trying to like butt heads with like this org and like trying to help out or two just austin told me to protect my peace and just sit in the back and do my best and sell a lot of books and just do my summer and it those were kind of just my only two options so i sat in the back i did my best i worked on protecting my peace whenever i got asked opinion questions i'd be like hey do you actually want my opinion or you just made up your mind and you're just trying to be like cordial by asking my opinion because that's just that's just not how this works i'm sorry so that whole summer was just honestly a shit show i cried so much it was um i really felt that it was going to be a summer of like freedom for me and like learning like you know because I had just lost a lot of like friendships and attachments and all these things and I wanted it to be a summer of freedom and never in my life have I felt probably since 2015 where I had a lot of problems with my parents I've never felt more in chains and like locked in the place that I was and that I couldn't escape you know what I mean well yeah yeah so I then it I tried to switch my mentality from like summer freedom to summer peace and learning to have peace and joy in the situation that I was in and trying to cultivate that for myself in my life versus being upset with my situation because I couldn't change it. And I mean, even toward the end of the summer, like I wasn't going to the Sunday meetings. My back hurt too much. I retore my back injury that summer. Uh. And yeah, it was just not the best. And so I was like, well, like I retore my back injury. It's not beneficial for me to be in the car for multiple hours. I'm already in the car for 80 hours a week. Like I'm just not going to add Sunday meetings to that. And that was like toward the end of the summer. So um, that was that summer. And then I came back and, you know, had a, that exiting PC that you have with your DSM. And they <laughs> said not some nice things like that. I was people didn't respect me anymore. 
and that I had some kind of attitude. And I was like, this is my situation. Like you didn't talk to me all summer and you just talked to other people that were talking about me. And I get that, but like, you didn't talk to me all summer. And like, I don't, I think you're upset with me because I just called you out on some of your shit. And as a leader, you probably just don't like that. In mm. Refer I'm to Matt Axis' episode for that intense conversation. Yeah. Right. So Crazy. that was kind of, yeah, that's kind of what that summer looked like. And so I even verified they're like, oh, well, even when you asked our secretary for your checkout ticket, you sounded super entitled and bratty and all these things. And my secretary, Melanie Howell, is like one of my best friends. And I went up to Melanie. I was like, hey, like, just a question. Like, when I asked for my checkout ticket, did that come across like incorrectly? Like, do you think I was asking in a rude way or anything? She's like, no. You know what I mean? So it was just like all this just. Yeah, there's like some Southwestern drama that just peeks in. Yeah, so it was it was just like a sticky situation, and like I don't think people were intentional with the hurt that they were causing me. I just don't. I think that sometimes now that I've been out of Southwestern for over a year, it's like you kind of see this like mental block that, you know, like when you're still in, like I don't know if it's the Kool Aid, I don't know what. I mean, it's still a great program. Like, don't get me wrong, it's really good for college students to do during the summer. But I think you just, you have to be careful and you got to protect yourself too. You know, it's just like, it's any, anything and, that you do in the world, you know? And before someone listening gets mad at us because it's like, my friends just listen to this. Listen, it's not like that in every org or in every even group of people. Sometimes it's just oh, yeah. that, the attitude in a campus. It's a whole different experience where like Europeans or at least enough for like my brother's kids, like they don't, in, in Lincoln, they don't really experience this. But I know of, and after talking to 180 people about this, they, this is not unique to you. You know what I mean? This well, is and shout out to like Matt new. Ross. Yeah. Shout out to Matt Ross because I even went to him during that checkout. And I was like, I don't know why this DSM said all these things to me. And like, it really are my feelings. And like, he's like, I don't see why they said that to you either. Like they, have, they don't really have a reason to. Like they should just leave you in a good mood because you're leaving. And they were like, oh, well, I don't want you to be a negative alumni. I'm like, why are you speaking that into my life? Like, when have I ever been negative about that? And here's, the, like, and here's the crazy part. Like, I would say, and most people listening that are fans that are alumni would say, you're not really being negative. You're just speaking what happened to you and your experience, right? But there's people right. who would listen to this and go, oh, this is super neg. And I'm like, if this is neg, you're part, like, this is this is who we're talking about. You're probably the person that goes, I can't accept reality of when people are upset. I can't accept being held accountable for things I need to grow in because I'm a 20 some odd year old. Maybe you, I've been doing this since I was in my twenties and now I have, and this is something that I've never been challenged in because I grew in this culture and now this is the issue, right? Like, but people do like, people need to learn as leaders. People suck as leaders. And part of that, those people are in Southwestern. And from my brother to any other DSM, they they have weaknesses and they have things they need to grow and work on, right? So um, it's yeah. just part of the deal. And it's okay. Well, nobody's talking shit about you. We're just talking about, hey, this is the experience that you had. This is how you were made to feel. Um, and it doesn't necessarily reflect even poorly about whoever the DSM was or, or whoever your friend was or your ex-boyfriend was. You're not – this isn't that. It's more like, hey, this is how I felt. This is the experience that I had and this is why I left, Right. Mm -hmm. that's that's okay that's fair 
And I think part probably is part of my problem too, because I probably idolized and put Southwestern too much on the pedestal throughout my college career, you know? And so it's like kind of when you realize that people are human and it's a business run by humans and humans outside of God's perfect love are imperfect and don't know how to properly love and cherish and hold on to people the way that they should be. Then like, you know, without that grace, you can't have, you can't have proper relationships. There are going to be things that are messed up. Like it's just how it is, you know? Yep. That's why, and again, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm not, I don't mean to refer this to a second time, but that's one of the things about the Matt Atchison episode from like two years ago that was so crazy was he like literally told us about the time he got sat down by some of the top org leaders in the company, which were all part of the force because the force was crushing it at the time. And they're like, here's why you suck. And here's why we're mad, essentially. And they just destroyed him at the Renaissance Hotel at GRS at the top of the escalator and the couch is right next to it. And they just shredded him. And he talks about how that was such an impactful moment in his life because he like decided to choose to look at it from a standpoint of this is what I need to, like the people I care about and that I lead are telling me this. And this is people I look up to as well. Like Yvette Grant, these are people who sat down with him and like, hey, Matt, this is what you're doing wrong. And this is what you need to fix. And he embraced it. You know, he could have had a poor attitude about it too. It sounds like maybe that's something that happened to you or that you experienced from some of the people in your life. But uh it's it's a big person it takes a big person to just hone that in and be like oh okay yeah i need to and and you were wrong too in some things too probably you know there's probably things that you did that weren't nobody's perfect yeah yeah but admitting that is a lot more important than trying to pin it on something else or deny it or avoid it so yeah so overall just kind of a messed up situation that last year and you know i just kind of was out now you're here all of that and here i am and i'm really thankful for where i'm at now too but yeah yeah you're doing great and when you called me and you wanted to be a part of the show like we had that conversation you're like yeah how do i help i think i got something to give and i was like sure let's talk i was literally like oh yeah i called you on the way home from checkout and i was actually all of this stuff i was puking to you about all of these things (laughs) i was so upset it was crazy and it was great because i'm like good Welcome to welcome to what we do. We're here to talk about these experiences, good and bad. And mm-hmm. hopefully people who listen can learn and use it as a lesson to in their personal lives about how to treat themselves, how other people should treat them. And if you're a leader listening to this going, mm, am I doing this? Do I need to be like Matt? Probably. Um, good Pony, shit, girl. Ponytails. Let's go. Oh, wait. Woo. Hold on. I got one segment and these are rapid fire questions. We forgot we're doing this. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, I want to ask you these rapid fire questions. All right, you ready? Okay. Favorite uh, territory from a standpoint of state that you sold in or city that you sold in? Cool. Favorite type of turf, country, big break, small break, uh, somewhere in the middle, specifically? Uh, Upper middle class country. Uh, Everybody says that. I feel like there's something to that. Uh, Favorite advanced sales tape? Roger Sipe, um, keynote speech. Go check out Roger Slap's episode right there too. Uh, favorite HQ? Um, Mama Brit probably just because they loved me. Um, they <laughs> literally like bought me sushi all the time. Like they, Martin lived with them that summer that I lived with Martin. And then for the last three weeks, that was my HQ for my first summer. So she rehosted and then I got to live with them again. I'm still friends with their daughter and their family and we're friends on Facebook. We talk like we catch up every once in a while. So 
family, Mama them, Brit. house situation, probably the lilies that were in Illinois that uh, the chapels looked at too. They just had a really nice pool, whole downstairs. Like it was very private, downstairs kitchen, downstairs bathroom, like like noise, noise, noise. But um, shout That's out to Mama Brit. Mama Brit was, was the goat for sure. Love it. Um, favorite product to sell or tech on? Uh, I really liked the SAT ACG prep. Yes. Um, yes. Everybody's been saying that. I'm such a, I'm me too. It's CEA. Yeah. yeah. It was so good. Yeah. That's probably, probably the best product. It made the most sense to buy. Absolutely. Um, favorite overall summer? Uh, 2020, summer number four. The pandy year. Pandy the pandy year. Um, yeah. Best sales day. Whether that be for production and or and or uh, like just general like that was my favorite day in the book for those best days we had. Um, best production day like three hundred and sixty six units, something like that. Fuck yeah, like, dude! Yeah, that's a big day. Um, yeah, something in that range. I remember I beat John's best day by like twelve units or something. He's so annoyed. Eight <laughs> sixty um, something. So yeah, that's like, times eight today in today's dollars. That's like twenty four, twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, in one day. Yeah, not a, a bad day. day. It was a really fun day, and that was the week after I got punched in the face. So that oh, was really good. That's oh. on the Halloween episode. Halloween well. episode. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the day, the week after I got punched in the face, I had my best week at the time. So it was like seven hundred something. I think my best week overall was nine sixty six. My fifth summer, and that didn't include my um lead units um lead product became a big i sold lead right. my fifth year mm -hmm. i remember that yeah and then uh favorite breakfast spot oh gosh probably roosters in wisconsin they had this toast that i literally had dreams about after like this toast <laughs> man it was home where in wisconsin dude uh it was in Racine, Wisconsin. This is when I lived with Drea and Maddie Fector. It was the three of us. Dude, this bread was so good. It was homemade bread. They buttered both sides and they grilled the toast. This crap was so good. Is that the place? Did you look it this up? Roosters? Yeah, that's it. Look at that bread. That To the right, that picture, right there. That's that bread. That bread is oh. so good. I literally had a dream before leaving the book field that second summer and I like was trying to go into the restaurant and buy this bread. And I was like, Hey, I would like to buy a loaf of bread. And they're like, it's, it's $25. And I was like, $25. That's ridiculous. This is a dream I was having. I was like, that's a ridiculous amount for a loaf of bread. And they're like, yeah, we know, but it's really good. And the whole dream was me debating if I should spend the $25 on the uh that's where we did execs right there in that parking lot man that's crazy that's that's roosters man <laughs> so if you're listening you should go look up this place because this place is dank we have it they on the screen the so yeah this whole dream i was like dreaming about if i should actually spend the money on this loaf of bread and i was like but it's worth it because this bread is so good i was like well i don't cook it the same they cook it you know like they got this grill that they grill it on just like they got the best toast. <laughs> Look at that. The money. Yeah. Rooster's Family Restaurant. Great breakfast spot. That back parking oh. lot, 
to that right, that's where we did execs every day. There's a sheriff pulling somebody over being an asshole. <laughs> Breakfast at Cox. That's what the kids called it. That's what the kids called it. So yeah, really good restaurant. <laughs> Love it. Um, all right. Nam Jam, it's time for the ponytails. For you guys who don't know, have made it this far. This is a, one of their favorite stories of the book field that people have. So our guests are asked to just save their best story for last. Sometimes it lasts five minutes. Sometimes it lasts 20, 30 minutes. They're all great. We're making a compilation of these and releasing this a separate episode probably at some point oh, nice. down later in the year just because there's so many good ones to choose from. We might just pick our favorite 10 as we approach the 200th episode, episode, which is going to happen during the season. I believe March 2nd, it'll be our 200th episode. So hopefully you guys, uh, this is something new that we've been promoting on season eight is as we approach 200 and you guys are listening, let us know if you have favorites um, and we can start compiling a list of favorite book stories and uh, ponytails to release at some point later this year as a bonus episode because, you know, we've had a blast so far going, getting up to 200 here. So this is Naomi Kaufman's Ponytails. Booyah. I'll try and make it quick because I got to go to bed here soon. Eastern Standard Time vibe. That's right. Um, okay, so I'll back up. I think I did. I, I don't know if I told this story on the St. Patty's Day episode. The, the story you shared with us that was most memorable was the punching in the face. I don't recall the rest because we were drinking. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And um, Fair enough. Well, the story, so... Basically, um, they, I'm going to back up a week before the story. So a week before the story, I had to sit down with this like grandparents and they had twins as kids. This was in, no, this was actually my last summer. Um, dude, Missouri was lit. Like Missouri was the best in eight weeks. I sold like 4,100 units. I hit PC like three times, I think. So that, that was like definitely like higher level production summer. Um, I still beat it my fifth summer. I still hit growth and everything, but I did 12 weeks. So like, and that's the summer I hated my life. So it was like, I beat it, but like not really because I had more weeks that summer because we had less summers, weeks, COVID summer. So yeah, so this is leading up to my best day on my last summer. So, um, well, that fourth summer, man, that was that was good too. So many pony stories, man. Um, there, there are just so many. When you sell like all the time for like many years, like you just run into like whack stories of people selling. I mean, even with Cardinal the other day, I zeroed on Tuesday and I was pissed. And my first appointment submitted five applications. That's the equivalent of five customers in one house. Yeah, selling so books. When you I walk like, up to the barbecue on July fourth and they all buy. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So um, we'll just go with the one for my fifth summer. So the week before I sit down with this family, they have twins. I like quote them for the, I'm going over like the science and the math, but I don't drop the price because they're kind of like, oh, well we need pops and pops is on the, on the lawnmower. I was like, well, let's go grab pops. And they're like, no, 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 we can't, we can't bother pops while he's mowing the lawn. Are you crazy? This is, that's pops time. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to drop the price then because that's a suicide call. So, Amen. Yeah. So I end up showing it to them. The kids are like, yeah, we definitely use it. And I'm like, all right, well, sorry. If you don't get pops, I'm not going to share the price. So I leave, right? And they're like, come back on Saturday morning. I was like, okay, maybe. And they were like, but it has to be before 12. 
And so I was like running around on Saturday as you do between all the callbacks and I wasn't there before 12 and you know, I just wasn't going to spend my time going there, whatever. Fast forward, I had this other lady that I had booked appointment for the next week. That next week, I just, like, really wanted to surrender everything to God and just, like, chill out and, like, not, you know, think twice about things. And um, that ended up being my best week ever in the book field. Um, But it was just kind of like when you're in your flow state, you know, you're just kind of going through Mm. the process and you're just flowing. Um, And that last night i had this appointment and i had sold a lead and an sat act prep to the family prior so i was late for my appointment so i'm like messaging her back on facebook she's like are you coming where are you and i was like i'm at this other house i'm wrapping up with them they're buying stuff right now i'm sorry i'll be there in a minute and she's like okay my mom's here she's waiting for you to come too like we wanted my mom to come and i was like okay like i don't know why let's why go you want your mom there but okay and so I'm like with this family that's buying a large package. So I'm like, I'm not going to waste my, I'm not going to lose money right now for potentially making money. Right. And so I wrap up with them and I get there and I get there like 45 minutes late. I get there at 9.45 (laughs) PM. And I had already sold, like had like four, five customers at this point. And I'm, and it's Saturday night and I'm like at this house and she needed to wait until her husband was there because she didn't read and write. And so because she didn't read and write, yeah, Missouri, (laughs) (laughs) because she didn't read or write, she needed her husband there because he actually handled most of the educational stuff, but he was a trucker. So he's gone a lot. So he came back on the weekend and then I was sitting down with them and I'm, she's like, dang it. Like you miss my mom. And I'm like, why do you want your mom here? Like you're an adult. You don't need books. You know, like, I'm just confused this whole time. And she's like, let me text her. Tell her that you're here. I'm like, okay. Like, like why is this sure. out of here? Like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Can you pay attention to the sit-down, please, instead of texting your mom? Because I'm trying to talk about your kids and their education. And we're sitting in the living room. They're on the couches. I'm on the floor. And I'm just, like, talking to them. She's like, oh, my mom answered. Like, like can you um, – I'm, like, in the middle of the intro. And she's like, oh, can you just talk to them real quick? And I'm like, they want to know how much the math and science books are. And I was like, okay, like, how do they find this out? I'm like, who are these people? Like, what's going on? And so I get on the phone with the lady. She's like, yeah, you just didn't come back next sat- last Saturday. And I was like, Debbie? Like, I was like, is this that lady? Like, I was like, but yeah, sorry. Well, let me do, okay, three books. That's going to be about, like, like, I think it's uh, $416. Like, that's just what I told them. And that didn't include the tax. And I always made sure to include the tax and the shipping. So, because I hated getting the end where, like, you're like, you're oh, like, it's, oh it's actually $100 yeah. more. And they're like, well, F, we don't want to spend $100 more. So, yeah. I always included that. Just drop that. it off the top. Yeah. 100%. Just drop it, and that's what it is. You know I don't I mean? know how people don't do that. I don't know. It's I don't either. crazy. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I don't either. Drop too. it. I with... taught Danny. Every every kid I had, I'm like, you just drop it with the whole price. Go yeah, for it. In New Hampshire, there was no taxes, like so that. that was great. But, like, if you were in a place where there was taxes, just fucking drop the whole thing. Don't give people surprises at the cash collection and just stall yourself. That's You're just going to give them reasons to not buy books. 
Yeah. Know? And it, and that goes for like any advanced sales, like, I mean, any, any in the industry when people do that, where it's like, oh, it's, and then you add like the thing and then there's like fees and shit. And later on they find out there's like, it's even if it's two more dollars, it's like, no, just tell them what's coming out of their pocket today and let them make that decision yeah. based on that. Yeah. It's stupid. hundred percent. hundred percent. My mom's texting. <laughs> um, so then, um, I'm like, okay, so I dropped the price and I'm like, they're not gonna buy. She's like rushing me on the phone too. So I'm like not doing a price sell up. She's like, okay, okay, okay. We're sending pops over with cash right now. I was like, pops. The guy on the lawnmower. I was like, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So um, I'm like, all right, well, I gotta finish this sit down with this family right now because the daughter had younger kids, right? The daughter that didn't read or write. And so I'm showing them the adventure library. While I'm on the phone with them, I was like, I got to the demo. So I'm through the intro. I had done the, like, the, 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 uh, the buying atmosphere. And I'm, like, on the phone with Pops and Debbie. Or I think her name was Debbie. I can't be 100% sure. This was a year and a half ago. And I take the adventure library book. And, like, normally you don't pass the books to people because then you're not yeah. in, control in control of the sit-down. So this I take the sales. book. Yeah. And so I know all these things because I've been selling for a while, right? And so I'm like on the phone with Debbie. I'm like, this bitch isn't going to buy. And so I'm like, whatever, like it's $420. And she's like, okay, I'm going to bring the cash over. And I'm like, all right. And I'm like, no, you're not. She, Oh, she said, let me talk to Pops. And I was like, all right, like done. He's going like, to say this no. This isn't happening. Yeah. Bye. He's going to yeah. say no. So then I'm like, as I'm on the phone with them, I pass the adventure library book to the son-in-law and I'm like, okay just look through this while i'm talking to him so i'm like talking to them and he's just like flipping through the adventure library book <laughs> like the thing that you're always advised not to it's 10 30 at night i had been working for 15 and a half hours at this point i was exhausted and i'm like starting to like fall asleep in this, and they're, i'm like i'm like writing the like just like I, I remember that night i'm like writing the orders and i'm like holy crap and so i'm like look at this adventure library book. Like, tell me what you think. And so I hang up the phone when she's like, let me talk to pops. And then she passes. I'm like, what'd you think of the book? He's like, yeah, it's really nice. And I was like, all right, I guess it's buying too. And so I'm like, all right, cool. What'd you like best about it? And I'm like building momentum back to go into the price buildup. And so I do the price buildup. And then right before I like, so I drop the price and like right before I get to the emotional, like the clothes, Pops walks in. <laughs> I'm oh like, boy. this is a crucial moment, my guy. You have the worst timing. <laughs> like, and I was like, ah. And so Pops comes in and they're just waiting after they hear the price. And I'm just like, <laughs> and he's like, so Pops is like, here's your $420. I was like, well, F, now I got to write this thing up. So I'm like, writing the receipt like super fast and i was like oh sorry because i just guessed on the phone i didn't know the actual price of three bucks because <laughs> you know what you normally sell four books yeah. or six books or math you, you know have to look you up some other stuff yeah you're like oh, yeah, yeah. and so i was like oh i forgot to include the tax so you'll owe me like 26 dollars when i come back and he's like oh, i wish you would have said that i was like me too <laughs> i was like my bad and so um i give him the receipt and he's out so he just dumps the cash on me he's out and i look at the dad of the kids and like 
Yeah, so what everyone likes to do when I do business. <laughs> like going into the clothes. <laughs> so like I just wrote an order for these people. I'm writing an order for you now. And he's just like, yeah. And they just buy it too. And I was like, what is going on? And I'm like, you're like, how are you doing? Are you pretty tired? I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm freaking exhausted right now. I've worked 85, six hours this oh, week. Like. <laughs> it was just it was crazy so there's like two sales going on at the same time and they're not small sales you know like one of them was a three book and a adventure library so like pretty decent like whatever so, but i was just so tired and i was almost mad that i had this appointment that night because i was like dude like i'm exhausted because i got out of the last house at 9 30 so i got and there at 9 45 yeah. so i wrapped up at like 11. And then I wasn't home until like eleven forty-five, you know. <laughs> you still have to do crazy. stats and shit, and your manager's yelling at you for not doing stat calls, and you're like, "Bitch." Oh yeah, well, it didn't I didn't really do stat calls my last summer anyway, but it was fine. So it ended up being okay. I hit nine sixty-six that week. If you add the lead units I wrote, it was over Mort, so I didn't hit Mort, but I kind of hit Mort. <laughs> but we'll give it, it to you. Time. We'll give it we'll to give you it. because you are your units and you're Mort yeah that's right i am a unit thousand units <laughs> baby let's go yeah so that's a, a great time. pony story you love we even had a good and then they bought story type of that's been it's been a minute so i'm glad we had that yeah hell yeah good, let's go good heck yeah let's go name jam me. this has been a blast thank you so much i'm glad we finally got to do this me too <laughs> If you guys are interested in hearing more about what Amjab is up to, uh, leads that you might have for people who are looking into working with Cardinals after hearing her experience with it, maybe you're looking to switch jobs, maybe it's about time for you to leave the Southwestern world. I'm not encouraging you to do so. Do, the, do that as long as you need to. But if you're in the same spot or you find yourself in a similar place, let us know. We can get you guys in touch with them. There's a link below you can click on to apply as well. Um, you just all our, all our, all of our uh, jockeys uh things are down there so make sure you click on it um man thank you so much name did you have a blast i had a blast i had a blast i really just was looking forward to hanging out with you all day i haven't gone to come yeah. to work meetings in a little bit because of the cardinal stuff so it's it's been good but i've definitely been missing you guys and the camaraderie that we have here at the ponytails podcast so i'm glad that we're Hopefully switching meetings to Thursday soon. <laughs> yeah, so. we will. So just so you can participate. Thank you so much. Also, stay tuned for an update on Bizzler coming up uh, later on. We're going to be on with Nam Jim again for a shorter, much shorter episode, just kind of explaining how Bizzler 2.0 is going to happen. We're about finishing all the details on that by the time this airs. We should probably have them all, but just in case, we'll wait to talk about that more. So you guys can find out how to come with us this time because the first one was a blast. And so on that note, guys, thank you so much. I'm Andres Camboa. This is the Point of Podcast. Uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace.